fucking Lycan. That was a bit nasally. I need to try and uh, go from the diaphragm when I do that, as it were. Start start working on my breath control. Because I don't hit that every time. And it's live every time. That's not pre-recorded. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, non-binaries, even though you don't listen, and prefer not to say, even though you don't listen. This is a, an inclusive podcast. You're all very welcome to attend. You're all very welcome to tune in, listen, enjoy, digest, ponder, whatever you do. If you're driving, if you're washing your dishes, if you're working out, although I don't think this is a podcast to work out to, it's not often very motivational, it's quite tongue-in-cheek a heavy percentage of the time. But you know, whatever, do what you like. Do your uh, gardening, listening to my dulcet tones, if you wish. Speaking of gardening, I've got a a wee story before I, I do the intro for the upcoming pre-recorded episode. We uh, we got a FaceTime the other day from uh, a friend of mine who is currently working away and... He said, you'll never, I, I love it when a conversation starts with, you'll never guess what such and such has done. You'll never guess what happened. And, and I have many of those stories with, you'll never guess, wait till I tell you this, you will never guess what happened, etc. So immediately the pair of us are intrigued because he starts with, you'll never guess what such and such, and such has done. Now, such and such is his girlfriend's stepfather. So, excitedly, we ask, no, what has, I'll call him fucking Clint. I'm going to protect his identity because he probably wouldn't want this shit. Well, maybe he would, I don't fucking know. It's not like he can keep it a secret anyway. So we excitedly ask, what's Clint done? And our friend goes, he called the other half on Sunday and said, could you come over and help your mother and I? And his other half said, certainly, what what are you doing? His reply was, we need help with digging a hole in the garden. So... Confused, she said, "Okay, why are you digging a hole in the garden?" And they said, "Just, just come over, and we'll tell you all about it." So, she picks up the kid, marches round to her stepfather and mother's place, only to find her stepfather in the garden in a a narrow trench, sort of ankle depth, and the mother stood at the side, also with a spade with a sort of kind of mildly 
perplexed look on her face. And uh, my pal's girlfriend says, so, so what's happening? What, 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 what do you need help digging a hole? Why are you digging a hole? And it turns out that with all the escalations of the activity in the Ukraine and this, let's, let's not fucking get too carried away, but the countries involved in this tete-a-tete in the Ukraine have nuclear capabilities. Nuclear capabilities. So, you know, for some people, lessons of the past, etc., there are concerns that it could escalate to a point where a nuclear arsenal is brought into play. Personally, I seriously doubt it'll even get close to that far. But anyway, Clint is taking precautions. So his plan is to dig a deep hole in the garden and should a nuclear strike be imminent, he's going to run outside, dive into the hole in the garden until the first blast passes, then he's going to get out of the hole and quickly run back into the house. Now, there's a couple of problems with this. Firstly, and... Most importantly, if there is a nuclear blast, depending how far away it is, there probably wouldn't be much time to run out into the garden and dive in your nuclear trench. And secondly, if there was, and the trench is deep enough to protect you from a, a shockwave caused by a nuclear blast, when you come back out of your fucking hole, there won't be a house left to go into. It's a nuclear fucking shockwave. <laughs> and even in the highly unlikely event that a, a blast was far enough away that the house wouldn't be immediately obliterated, you wouldn't need a trench. So... Why dig a fucking hole in the ground to jump into if there's a nuclear bomb? I, I, I mean, when he told us this, we, if we couldn't believe it, we were fucking laughing, man. That's your, that's your plan to survive a, a nuclear attack, is to dig a hole in the ground. And should you see the flash of a nuclear explosion, he's going to jump into his trench. Now, the premise of that may be laughable, but I remember when I was in the RAF, part of our training for NBC, which is nuclear, biological, chemical, you know, attacks, part of the training was if you see the flash of a nuclear explosion, a nuclear detonation, you are to find a dip in the ground, lie flat in that dip with your head facing towards the blast because you'd have your helmet on, of course. Your hard hat's going to protect you from a fucking nuclear explosion. Oh, that's okay, there's a mushroom cloud, but I've got my, my fucking tin lid on, so it's all right. Yeah, so you're supposed to lie in this divot with your head face down, with your head towards the source of the flash, 
with your arms under your body. The idea behind this being that there'll be no sort of large surface area to get picked up by the shockwave and you won't get sent for fucking three miles through the air and vaporised to fucking ash immediately. But I would argue, and I'm no nuclear physicist, but I would argue that if you are to face the brunt of a nuclear detonation lying face down in the dirt ain't gonna do fuck all apart from keep your face pretty for when they come and identify the front half of your corpse because your back half is gonna be eradicated instantly vaporised so there is a precedence for the whole jumping into a hole in the ground to protect yourself from the physical shockwave but that's not going to mean shit from the radioactive fallout or the heat generated from a fucking H-bomb going off in your back garden. <laughs> Mental. Absolutely fucking crazy. But I suppose panic does make people do different things and he clearly thinks this is a good idea, otherwise you would not go to the hassle of digging a fucking hole in your back garden. He's clearly worried. But that's not going to cut it. Because there's all the other after effects of, you know, radiated water table and uh, vegetation and biological life dying because of the radiation and the heat and the shockwave. Everything would be fucking obliterated. If it's close enough for you to be that worried about it, you needn't worry because you'll be fucking dust. As soon as that hits, you'll be, you'll be disappeared. You won't exist. You'll be a shadow. So there's really no point in digging a hole. Because you would... There's not enough time if a fucking nuclear explosion goes off next door. You're fucking, you're toast, mate. I wouldn't even bother. I would maybe put down a, a fucking patio so you can put down a lounge chair and just enjoy the last few seconds of existence. Unbelievable. But anyway, that was that little tale I just had to squeeze in. Ridiculous. Uh, the guest in this episode is uh, a returning guest. It's stevieb.net. We had a lovely chat about the effect that remote working is having on people, how technology is maybe reducing our ability to start and maintain physical connections and uh, small talk, as it were. We talk about his uh, heart troubles again. We get a wee update on that. And uh, it's just a good discussion. He talks his new home office, his new job, um, family life, shit like that. Twitch streaming, content creating, very much hot topics of the, la the last few weeks. And we mention a little bit about Ukraine. It's hard not to, it's in, it's in the news cycle. It's funny how, with that going on, people have sort of stopped talking about COVID and 
Prince Andrew and him having to bail out that lassie. It's like somebody's made a call in the uh, in the cabal, in the lizard people who rule the earth. Somebody's gone, look, we need a distraction to stop everyone focusing on the uh, Downing Street COVID parties, Prince Andrew paying 12 million quid of the Queen's money to a girl he, air quotes, has never met. The Queen having COVID. I see there's a a small splinter group of conspiracy theorists starting the hashtag the Queen's dead. Um, I couldn't fucking, I haven't seen the news. I couldn't actually tell you if she was or not. So, it seems that Putin has answered the call and said, all right, I can, I can give you a story that'll fucking remove focus from all this other shit going on. Hold my pint. Hold my vodka. Here's something to get get the news cycle changed quick, smart. And look, I I'm not a salesman. I've never negotiated a contract. I've never brokered a deal. I've never had to do any of that shit. But I've got enough of an active imagination to think that there are people in, you know, sort of high-powered people around the world that maybe do deal with stuff like this. I don't know, like fixers on a global level. Like that Ray Donovan, Ray or Ray Donovan, whatever it was, with um, Leif Schreiber, who was a fixer. Maybe there is somebody on like a global political scale who does stuff like that. You know, like, um, what was that James Bond film, Tomorrow Never Dies, where that boy was the, the media mogul who was creating stories, directing the news. I don't think that's too much of a reach to think that it's possible that there could be some kind of like a G8 summit for fixing problems where they've gone, right, look, this is getting out of hand, this COVID thing. People are concentrating on that and giving the governments a hard fucking time, which they should get, by the way, and they're going to start to hold us accountable. We need something in the news cycle big enough to distract from everything, from Prince Andrew, from Jelaine Maxwell from um, rumblings of fucking Epstein and COVID, like everything. Can we, we just need something to distract everyone from everything. What would do it? And Putin's like, well, look, I've, I've fancied having a pot at Ukraine since we lost it, since the Soviet Union split up. So uh, let me put a call into the lads and we'll fucking start some mutterings and the media will latch onto that and everything else will be forgotten about. I'll fire some weapons, I'll fire some uh, artillery, send some lads in, get everyone all nice and hyped up, and then um, we'll sign another treaty and call it quits. How's that sound? And everyone's just gone, yeah, grand, great. Last I heard about Bojo, he was over in Poland speaking to the uh, Polish and Romanian and Lithuanian, I think, leaders discussing Russia. Um, it's ironic that I'm discussing it or talking about it, but I'm not sure what result they're hoping to achieve by having a discussion.
mean, it's fucking Russia. It's a big country. I'm not sure how big population-wise, but certainly landmass, it's pretty big. I'm not sure going toe-to-toe -to -toe with them would be a good option. Um, there was talk of Ukraine getting emergency membership into NATO, which would then send, you know, Americans, Canadians, Germans, um, us, fucking, I think, Portuguese randomly, and some other countries immediately to the defence of the Ukraine. And then, you know, maybe some sort of nuclear response is likely on the cards. I mean, we've all got nuclear warheads and stuff. It's always possible, but it's usually just been a, a, a chest-puffing exercise. Look at our missiles. Look at our missiles. Ah, but we have missiles too. So who knows? I, I suspect it's all fluff. It's all posturing. Maybe Putin was bored. Um, you know, there's, they have their own troubles. We're talking about the fucking doping at the Olympics and that ice skater was caught cheating. So she's been fucked. So that's more disrepute for Russia. That's more bad press. Um, there's the... Um, what, what was the... I barely pay attention to the news, as I've mentioned before in previous episodes. But I'm sure there was something else was mentioned about Russia. But I mean, before this whole attack in the Ukraine thing, of course. I, I can't remember. The, all, it's just... Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe Putin was, Putin was going to do this anyway, again. Because he'd lasted it in, what, 2013 or 2014 or something? Where he started to push the border of the Ukraine and they were like, Oh, no, no, no. That's naughty. Naughty, Vlad. You can't do that. Um. 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 So maybe this is just nice timing. There's a, the, the threat of a war kicking off. And everyone who's had bad press, the government, Prince Andrew, um, the health advisors, all over the world, you know, America, states in America have been taking a bad rap because some of them have made decisions that have been fucking awful, turns out. You know, at the time they weren't to know, but looking back, some of the decisions regarding COVID policy has been a disaster in Canada. They've they've done some things that people are like, this is this is too far, this is fucking ridiculous. So Putin kicks off on Ukraine and everyone goes, This is a great distraction. Let's focus all of our media attention on this. And people will get so worried they'll forget about all the other stuff. I saw a meme that was Homer Simpson sitting in a bath and the text is um finally relaxing after the previous two years of shit. And then behind him is Bart stood holding a chair above his head as if he's going to hit him. And the right in, on front of him says Vladimir Putin. It's a, it's a very hold my pint moment like. Getting out of Covid, restrictions being uh, lifted completely, 
finally turning around to, and, and saying, right, that's it, please yourselves. Everyone's vaccinated or has natural immunity to the point that it's no longer an, a national or international concern. And then uh, Russia's like, okay, we want to be in the news some more. Here we go. Who fucking knows? I'm I'm not Putin. Obviously. No shit Sherlock. And I'm not a global political expert. That's two for two. No shit Sherlock. So we'll just have to see how everything plays out. I I hope it'll all be fine. I'm well past my reserve time, so there's no way I'm getting fucking conscript conscript uh, conscripted. And I'm over 40, so I don't think I can get conscripted. We'll wait and see, yeah? Wait and see. I bet some people in the reserves now are fucking papping it, though. Because if NATO gets dragged in, that will be, like, troops on the ground kind of thing. That will be, like, a war scenario. But then all it would take is for uh, each of us to dig a hole in our back gardens and fucking jump in if we see the flash of a nuclear explosion. And then everything will be fine. Excuse me. And you can run back into the house once the shockwave has, pla has passed. So there we are. Anyway, enough of that. On to the guest. So please enjoy this episode and have yourselves a great weekend. Here he is. StevieB.net Alright dude There he is There's Sam, right I'm just going to get these Headphones and shit set up properly No bother How's it going anyway? Alright so I far. am um, Pretty rough like <laughs> But, Things could be worse. Yeah, this is it. There we go. Oh, me. this is my this is my stupid headset I use for work. So I hate actually pick up my phone because I'm lazy as fuck. Well, as long as it works. Oh, it works, but it makes me look like a fucking taxi driver. Yeah, so it isn't a particularly strong look, but never mind. It's it's better than when you used to get those fucking. Remember, like the stages of businessmen, because you you're a uh, businessman, entrepreneur, uh, a bitty, aren't uh, you? A, a, a wee bitty, not not as much anymore, but now and again, if there's a if there's a, a couple of bucks to be made, I'm certainly going to go and do it. Well, this is it. But um, you used to see those guys with the little Motorola, oh fucking. Lima bean things. Oh, sorry, I'm just on the phone here. Like with I'm the, busy, love. Like fucking John oh. Watson with her finger to their ear. Oh, the 90s, what a time. What a time Jesus to be Christ. alive. I know. It's nuts these days when you see the amount of shite that kids post up and you think, what the fuck do you mean you don't know? I mean, I had a chat with somebody the other day who didn't know who the fuck Paul Daniels was. What the fuck do you mean you don't know who Paul Daniels is? You can't. Fuck off. <laughs> Get out of my office, you prick. Fucking That's, kids these days, man. I know. But that, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a never-ending cycle, isn't it? it? When we were young, and, you know, <laughs> I can't think of any examples, actually, but I'm sure there'll be 
there'll be ban or like mud or slade, uh, you know, sort mm-hmm, of late sixties, mm-hmm. seventies, and the ones that hadn't been around anymore, you know, our uh, parents, because we're man. similar age, would be like, uh, oh, "Have you never heard of these?" That's an outrage, uh, and it's only depressing. And there's only a select few from each style of art, art form, or music uh, that's made it. I. Uh, and it, it, oh, it, the ones that have made it are like Trigger's Broom. <laughs> I know. Like you say it's ACDC, oh, it's, but Axel Rose really was dead. singing for them. Oh, the fucking drummer went to jail for hiring a hitman. One of them's got dementia and died. <laughs> I think Axel Rose himself's a bit of a Trigger's fucking broom situation. Bless him. It could There's be not like, much of him knocking about that's still fucking original, is there? I think but he was he... held together mostly with alcohol and heroin, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Now he just looks like he's held together with all kinds of fucking plastic and shit. Yeah. Well, even Queen. Can't. I mean, they're, they're still touring, but with that... What's his name? Oh, somebody, right, somebody Lambert. Something like that, yeah. And something. Are they really, do they really need to be touring? Just fucking hung up, boys. Go home. Fucking back your feet up, count your fucking readies. Oh, aye. But some, some, it's, I guess it's tough for them to let go. If you've had a, a career oh, that long. What do you do when you stop? And now, Just sit and do nothing. I, a few years ago, the only time I've dipped my toe into the oil and gas industry, I worked for a company in Dice. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy there who was like 40 years with him. Like he did his apprenticeship with them when they were like Baker Oil Tools, like even that's, before they were Baker Hughes aye, or Hughes Oil nuts. Tools or something. And then aye. he fucking retired and he's all set, mobile home. He was going to tour a place with his wife. The Two days after much, retirement, right? dropped down dead. That's the ideal. <laughs> no, nah, <laughs> fucking hell. it's nay. Jeez, oh man. And that, I mean, that's the thing. Obviously, like the last time we spoke about your own heart troubles. In oh, I. How is that? Oh, By the well, way, before I get into uh, this. I, uh, I went to see, I haven't had any sort of form of rehab or nothing, which was always a, a sore point for me. And I eventually managed to talk down a cardiac nurse mm-hmm. in Elgin. And uh, I was just saying, look, because I've been left with this irregular heartbeat and it's fucking exhausting, fucking exhausting. Right. So I'm saying, look, I need, I need to get it sorted. Um, I need to do something with it. I'm needing, I'm like, I'm losing weight, which is grand now. But last time I started losing weight, it just triggered it even worse. I'm saying, look, I want to start getting fucking sweaty and heavy and doing shit again and feeling manly, mm-hmm. and not just going for a walk and doing squats now and again. She's like, just go for it. Just hammer on. As long as your chest doesn't feel like you're going to die. I'm like, fucking, I like you. <laughs> you're that's, all right. That's um, the sound of medical advice. Just bash on. As long as you don't feel like you're going to die, go for it. Well, but she's, gonna, she's, she's organized a heap of appointments for me and a heap of stuff through in Aberdeen for the cardiology punters and changed my medication and talking about doing this whole cardio version thing where they just fucking reboot your heart kind of thing. Just stop it beating and then fire it back up again. Oh, which sounds aye. like a right bottle of laughs. So uh, I saw that, that recently on that 24 hours in A&E. There was a guy, a builder come in and his heart rate was like 240. Okay. And they were <laughs> like, you know, we need to basically aye, re- that re- shit out, like. we need to restart it because you're going tachycardic or whichever it is. Okay. I forget. That's... So they aye. put him on a defib and they shock his mm-hmm. heart. 
so they stop mm. it and restart it. Madness, eh? Yeah. Well, my my brother did something similar. He um, he with that thing called cardio version, where they just fucking bang you with it, mm-hmm. or you get what's called an ablation, and they go in through your uh, either your groin or your wrist mm-hmm. up and into your heart, and they laser the fuck out the inside of your heart, and it thickens up all the the scar tissue inside your heart, so it stops electrical impulses. And I'm like, they such a fan of laser beams in my ticker, like <laughs> I'd rather not, Ken. So. Reboot me first, see how that goes, and we'll figure it out for there. Again, <laughs> short-term power down. Fucking ten seconds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's the IT boy in me. Like, just yeah. fucking reboot me, man. That yeah. fixes everything else at work. So it's bound to work on my ticket, isn't it? Okay, <laughs> maybe, eh? Maybe it's worth, a, it's worth a fucking punt. Are you back in IT now? I am back fully in IT. I run an IT help desk for a, a private equity company. Uh-huh. Through, an, through an Inverness. So uh, I've got my home office here. This room that I'm in just new used to be like a, a wood workshop. So it was all wired for power anyway. Um, and then I turned it into a gym and that didn't work out so fucking well because it nearly killed me carrying all the equipment <laughs> into the bastard. Um, and I've got a pal who's a joiner who started a new business and he was looking for a website. And I says, well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm looking for my gym to be fed out. So he plastered it. Uh, and all the king span, all the, the two by two, um, all that kind of jazz, built a door for me. Um, and I did his website, and that was a trade off. So all I had to do was decorate it, put in the, the skirting boards and the door facings and the windy stuff, mm-hmm. wire it up with some extra plugs and uh, sort of uh, network cable and stuff. And it's been good as gold ever since. Is it in the house or are you outside? Uh, I'm right, I'm at the end of the garden. So it used to be the shed. Oh, so that nice. used to be a knock. I knocked old door there, so he's built a new in. Right. Got my nice new shiny windy. That's my wee sort of comms cabinet thing. Right. Um, and it's literally just ugh, some old office furniture that I had from my old office. Yeah, yeah. And I've got my my big fucking three monitor set up here. Nice. And I've got my PC and shit underneath. I've got my speakers, my phone. Oh, it's grand. It's a shame I don't have a capacity for video on this podcast. That'd have been a nice wee tour for people. <laughs> Uh, it's very much a visual thing rather than going, and there's that, and there's that, and there's yeah. that. So no, so I've got my three big fuck-off screens, got all my gear here. Right. Every now and again, the wife shouts me for a cup of tea. Oh, it's glorious. That's kind of got on that. That's, yeah, that's oh, perfect. Like, that's, I was, last time. Uh, uh-huh. I was just going to say, like, that's definitely one of the pros to come out of the last two years is that employers have realised that there are certain members of staff that can work just as well, if not better, without having the ball ache of commuting. I mean, there's you, your company's in Inverness. If you had to do that Ah. journey every day, you'd six months, you'd be, fuck this. Uh, I did it for uh, a whole six weeks. And I had an office in Elgin, so that was my regular base. So that was only 10 miles away, and that was all right. Um, that was that, that was when you were doing the recruitment, though, wasn't it? Yeah, so I shared an office. I moved into the IT stuff and then ended up sharing an office with those guys because they were part of the company, the, the group that we were supporting anyway. Oh, okay. So so I had a, I just kept my same desk in there and it was grand. But then they decided to, to kibosh their office and get rid of it um, just at the start of the pandemic, which is fine because that's when my ticker shit itself. So uh, it's it's been absolutely grand. I mean, I've got, I've got another three boys... One works out of the office pretty much full time, uh, and the other two boys are just 
mean, one's in Dumb the Docket, another one's in Inverness as well. But it's just, if, if you want to go into the office and work, crack on if you do not. Doesn't bother me. The jobs are getting done. I can see everything from here. Keep an eye on everything. As long as the work is done, I don't give a fuck where you're working from, quite frankly. Well, that was it. That's what I mean. Like, I think that traditionally speaking, because, you know, obviously it's with the onset of better and better technology, historically speaking, jobs were very labour intensive. I mean, IT wasn't oh. wasn't really a thing until computers yeah. came into industry at the end of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Late, 70s, everything. late 70s, maybe. Ah, that's the one. Everything changed. I mean, even when the pandemic kicked in, all these businesses went, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? But we'd, we'd already known that this was going to happen. We were already sat and good to go. We said, take your gear home. We'll, we'll cover the rest. Mm-hmm. So while everyone else went home, we kind of just thought, right, we'll have to turn up the, the pace for the next couple of months just to get everything 100% where we needed to be in terms of security and, and uh, access and all this kind of jazz. But, oh, you, you know, you, you do what you do. You kick the arse out of it and everybody works away quite the thing. So we find that most businesses seem to be quite happy like their, their staff work from home now. I think there's a lot of the bigger ones... They've still got this old school notion of if we can't see you working, you're not working. Yeah, you know? that's what I was going to um, say. There's a, traditionally the supervisors yeah. like to keep an eye on their workforce to ensure uh, they're pulling their weight. And I think the that's the good. Their buck. The good thing about doing IT stuff is that I, I mean, I could see everything. <laughs> mm. I could do everything. I know if that motherfucker's not been on his PC for 15 minutes, that's a hura job. You're taking their son. What's mm. going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so we sit and play fucking Call of Duty or something. So, <laughs> oh, no, so the, the, the boys are sound. I say, I don't give a shit. I mean, if, if they ca- want to come in, knock their pan in for the first six hours and then spend two hours playing fucking Xbox, if a job's getting done, I really don't care what, what you're doing at home, kid. But well, I've had to wear a suit for years, so it's magic. Yeah. And then that's refreshing know. to hear somebody who's in like a supervisory position because there's a lot of people have a very rigid approach to it. I and, think it's quite an old school thing, isn't it? Yeah, but it's definitely a two-way street. If you have positive reinforcement and flexibility with your staff, mm, yeah. then Absolutely. they're going to appreciate a lot more than a an iron ha- an iron fist. And a oh yeah, I, I, whip crack. I, I definitely found it weird. There's no two ways about it. Um, mm. But that was more just the conditioning, because that's how the whole career's gone, isn't it? You go into ah. the office to work. Ah. Very occasionally, you maybe work a late night doing some out of hours kind of stuff and that's fine but to do it permanently was always a bit of a weird thing um and then when i started working from home a couple of years ago had the stupid little one by one square box in the house um and i think people were still finding their feet when it came to working from home but they soon realized that actually if we just shut up and buckle down it still gets don't done. give a, yeah get the job done don't give the the business a reason to, to want to rope you back into the office then mm-hmm. life is good mm-hmm. so people just kind of generally just buckle down and get on with it so and how is your internet out there in the bustling metropolis? Absolutely super fucking duper. <laughs> I've got no bother at all. I've, uh, I'm about 20 metres from the house. Um, I was going to run cart six from the house, just dig it through again and back up in the office anyway. Right. We had the house and everything rewired. Um, so it's all brand new copper. So I just went out and bought a couple of these power line adapter things. So I've got like a wee switch in there that powers my phone and a couple of well, I've got a wireless access point that covers the garden and all that kind of shit is real. So it's it's like I'm sat in the in the house. The speed's 80-20. It's absolutely cracking. Um, 
oh, it's it's perfect. And I say, I'm, I'm tucked to the bottom of the garden. I'm out of the way. In the summer, it's going to be not a pain in the arse, but it's going to be noisy with the kids running about paddling pools and all their pals around the ship. But I really don't give that much of a fuck. No. Garden's the next project. So by the time we get to our Bonnie looking, kick the door open, bang the tunes on. As long as things are keeping going here, nobody needs to know that I'm sunbathing my feet in the paddling pool. Yeah. That's it. That's Half it. Days. You've got your, re, you go. your re-taxi driver headset in, your fucking feet in the paddling <laughs> pool. Aye, nobody's any the fucking wiser. Any calls? Just just turn that barbecue down. I need to take this. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, it's all good stuff, you know. People are generally quite trustworthy, so it's, I think a lot of people saw it as a bit of a, an inconvenience initially, but it soon became a perk. Um, and it's a perk that's pretty low maintenance. It doesn't cost me anything to bother me in any way. Crack on. If you want to work for him, go for it. Take your monitors, take all your gear, work from home if you want to work in the office. Do what you want. It's all good. Much better work-life balance, which is important for staff morale. I'm sure I read that on the the back of a poster in the job (laughs) centre. Oh, most definitely. I think think a lot of the the new age management guys have been loving this whole work from home thing. I mean, I I recently hired a guy like a couple of weeks ago uh, he'd been in the job for 14 years. He was doing the job I'm in just now, but he took a step back because the culture and the business was shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the MD guy did not want people to work from home. Just didn't fucking trust people to do it. I mean, this was a, uh, a billion-pound business he worked for. Mm. Um, and he says it was just fucking horrible. Just just a miserable fucking place to be. So we took a pay cut, came here. He's doing a job with no stress, no hassle. Glorious, and he comes well, here's a story for you. My missus, a while, a few years ago now, she worked for a company based out of Huntley. Oh. I'm, I won't tell you which one, but the owners quite often went on like legitimate business trips, touting for business on the continent oh. and in the States and stuff. Uh, okay. And they didn't trust their staff to such an extent that when they were in the States, one of the, the lassies that worked in the same department as my other half, she come in one day and said, this is going to sound weird, but there was emails I had flagged to read first thing this morning, and they've been read. Like, the, the boss has actioned them, but they weren't yeah. sent to her. And the boss had a, a, a what's the program? Like, like a remote desktop kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a remote desktop. But she didn't need, like, a password to get in. She could just get into her staff's computers and see what was going on. And then there was one day, one of the lads was in the warehouse just sorting out some stock or something, and he gets a phone call, and it's the, the owner, because it was a husband and wife ownership. Oh, I see. Owned it. it was the, the husband owner phoned up Aye. and said, you don't need to shift that casks. We've they're getting collected, and he's like, "I thought you were in America." And he's like, "Yeah, we can see you through the cameras. It's ah, it's set up yeah. like a fucking nest cam, just to Aye. make sure people were working that while is, they were away." That is crazy. For, and what we found and like snooping on their computers to that makes no sense at all. That that's a hard to say. Toxic as yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's no that's, use, man. When my missus, she left there, obviously, and there was a guy there that was a 
he was doing like product design for the mm-hmm. like they used to do fancy cases and stuff as part mm-hmm. of their products and uh he but he was an architect all right and um it would work just dried up or something or he, right. he wanted to be closer at home because he was from like Huntley way all right but he was you know that's a that's a skilled oh right. architecture like you know he knew oh, his right. stuff and uh it's they fucking they had him like cleaning the bogs it's like oh we, <laughs> we, we can't afford to pay cleaners can you just go and sweep up the fucking toilet yeah i have a funny feeling i interviewed for that company um if it's the one i think it is um and i remember they, it wasn't one of the, the the bosses they had a consultant guy in and he was doing the interviews and he uh, the, the the job offer was something ridiculous like 18 grand a year mm. oh, what the fuck is 18 grand a year they said oh it's it's quite notorious that the this sector doesn't pay very well i'm thinking well n- no the sector's quite the fucking opposite if it's a sector i think he's working in it's um, a traditionally scottish sector yes I'm yes. thinking, motherfucker, it pays an awful lot more than you're trying to lowball me yeah. for, you motherfucker. Yeah. I've worked with these types of companies for a decade, mother. I know exactly. And he was just, what the fucking chance yeah. And I just, at the end of it, I went, ah, thank you very much for your time. And just, fuck. Well, the yeah. only reason that she took it was that it was so close to where we were living at the time because she had been commuting to Dice, Aye. which is like oh, an wow. hour in the morning. Aye. And then, like, two hours at night, because that traffic at Inverurie is fucking of mental. It's horrible. Oh, it's so we're fish. like, okay, it is a bit of a pay cut, but we're going to save a shitload on fuel, because it's only six yeah. minutes down the road, and you'll be home at a Perfect. brilliant time. So that was sort of ah. compensated. But she was in there, like, a month, and she was like, fucking, these people are creeps, man. <laughs> uh, it was a weird kind of place. It was yeah. it was a bit of an odd one, so I'm quite glad that I- I never bothered Mars and took that any further because it just, I mean, Huntley from here is only about half an hour away mm-hmm. over the back road from Dufton Rothis, Dufton, and then mm-hmm. so it wouldn't have been any great fucking trek. But oh, what I'm just glad I never bothered Mars, but that's for damn sure. No, fucking um, chances. Is my audio coming into your headset or through your computer? Into here, I'm getting an echo. That's weird. Maybe try because I took my wireless earbuds. Have a look here. We don't want that to check here. Get an echo in mind, are you? Well, it's just if you know, because Zoom has like a sound detection, so it enables the mic when it picks up a noise. So if you're talking and I talk at the same time, I'm hearing myself from your feed. I think I got that last time we spoke. I had it the same way. I've got you clear as a whistle just now. Like, yeah, it's probably me. Let's be honest. I'm hardly the fucking <laughs> consummate professional. <laughs> Never. People have listened to far worse fucking episodes than this, I assure you. <laughs> Here, if it keeps you out of mischief and you're enjoying doing it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're enjoying me doing it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody somewhere fucking listening. <laughs> hey, well, I've had a thousand plays. That's wicked, eh? Yeah. It's going good. That's what you need, though. I don't know what the measure is. I guess it's going good. It's not. Once you get get your fuck off Joe Rogan money, that's that's good. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. Once yeah, somebody yeah. drops a hundred million, that'll do the job. Yeah, that'll do it. Like he's had an all right time recently. That poor cunt. <laughs> I don't think over his past twenty years. Yeah, but I don't think that stuff like that for people like him is legitimately water off a duck's back. Mm. I oh, mean, he's definitely. he's one of those people who's very fortunate to be generally comfortable in his own skin. Oh, and his attitude. I remember one of the best things he said about Spotify deal was he said, "This is fuck you money. This is mm-hmm. fuck. and he says, "What's the point in having fuck you money if you can't tell people fuck off?" Yeah. You think? Absolutely. If somebody dropped a hundred million on my fucking lap. I'm pretty sure my most of my woes and uh, attitude towards most people's fucking opinions about me would just flutter out the fucking window as well. And that we're not holds we're not kicked off. I'm not I'm not gonna start down this avenue of discussion too much because I do mm. a lot and I'd start to get bored of the sound of my own fucking voice. <laughs> but what struck me, and I'm sure this isn't an original take, I'm sure other people noticed it. But when Neil Young said, or whatever he misconstrued or thought, maybe he believed it to be accurate, and he said, remove me from Spotify because I don't want to be on the same platform as a hate monger. And I'm paraphrasing. Uh, I don't know what he said. It was along that lines, yeah. But now, I'm sure many people are fans of Neil Young. He's been going a fair while. I, he, um, he knows what he's doing. Personally, I couldn't tell you much. I don't think. I think Neil Diamond was that Sweet Caroline, wasn't it? I think so. Whatever. I've got a fucking clue. The bar. You're right. But, so his fans, if he's been going 50 years and Neil Young's like, I'm going to take my music off Spotify, his fans probably already have his CDs. I imagine so. It's not oh. like he's banging them out every other week, is it? Yeah, and he's like allegedly 90 years old so how many new fans does he need i wouldn't have thought spotify would be a particularly lucrative revenue stream for him anyway exactly so i get it's mostly symbolic him going i don't want to share this platform but then a couple of people that i'm sure someone's heard of they're on spotify oh we're like oh i i want my stuff removed from spotify now if you've got a cash cow Mm-hmm. which is Joe Rogan, because there's many people who listen to him what? to enjoy him. There'll be some Aye. people going, I want to see what all this fuss is about. Is he spewing hatred? Is he fucking what? putting out right-wing mm-hmm. propaganda, whatever? Yeah. yeah. So they're going to listen to him. And okay. that's that's generating revenue for Spotify in oh. uh, what data mining or ad revenue or whatever the fuck oh. it is. Kinds of shite, almost definitely. Because he's getting what twelve million listens an episode, downloads <laughs> an episode. That's crazy. although I must admit I haven't really bothered because I used to. If I was in the office, it would just bang on a YouTube screen, and I'd watch it as I worked, and I'm thinking that was very cool. Mm. Or I would download it on my phone. When I was in the car going out to meetings and shit. But now cause I, don't, I don't have Spotify. It's never really a platform I've been into a great deal. So. I, I found with Joe Rogan is that I, I loved it. It's really, really early stuff, like the first thousand, for example, mm-hmm. which is sitting on a couch in his spare room with him and the boys. They were brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then the more it evolved, it started to get interesting and it turned into, I kind of liken it to UFC. Like the early days of UFC, you'd get a UFC event once every month, once every other month. 
Yeah. But now it's every fucking second day there's a UFC event and it's totally saturated. And it's it's kind of it's not I'm not I like it, but it's meh. Kind of the same with Joe Rogan. I mean, his guests are great, but there's so many random ones now, and there's probably a pressure on him to have through all these X amount of episodes per week, and I think it dilutes the quality of it when it's just any old Johnny random punter he gets on for. Well, his output, he's always claimed that his output is self-driven. That's He just gets on who he wants to talk to. But it's yeah. at the stage now where he turns down guests. People mm. contact Oh, him. they want it, yeah. Yeah, because oh, absolutely. that you can't get that kind of visibility no, no, no any other media all. format. No, unless you're like a film star, like A-lister. Hmm. I wonder if there's kind of caveats tied into his contract with Spotify that you can't have sponsorship anymore. Or... Yeah, I think it was. So which is, which is pretty nuts because it was always flashlight and fucking all kinds of shit. <laughs> he used to advertise in his podcast. And that would have been fairly lucrative, but not 100 billion lucrative. But uh, some of the guests he's had on. Fantastic. I, I love your man. Oh, what from Infowars? Can't remember his fucking name. Absolute heed the ball. Uh, Alex Jones. Oh, now see, that's where we're different. I turn those ones off. Uh, he's just, I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, fucking what goes on in your head, son? <laughs> it's fucking buzzing. I mean, he's a complete Raj, but you think, fuck me. Well, this is this is one of the claims that has been made about him as well, is that sometimes mm. he's been proven to be right. Well, aye, that is the thing. <laughs> but my philosophy on that is, is if you throw enough shit, something's going to stick. Oh, I almost Chant, like I'll... If you're on about hidden UFOs, built pyramids, and took Egyptians mm. back in time and fucking populated the Amazon basin, with uh, space unicorns and whatever, and right. the, the, the politicians are all ancestors. These were ancestors of all current day politicians who are actually lizard and just spouting endless exactly. bullshit. Something's right. going to be partially right. It's like when they used oh. to write the horoscopes in the newspaper. Oh, and they go, of course, I. You're going to wake up today. Well, that's a good start. And right. uh, you will chat to someone and form a new meaningful relationship at work. Right. Oh, that's always good. And then someone exactly. will take your photo and you'll have something to eat. Oh, that's fucking spot on for Scorpio, <laughs> eh? That's... Uh, exactly. That's the boy. Fucking Janet from accounts is loving that shit. Yeah. Basing her life on it. No that, fucking danger. Well, that's going to be the same thing with if you throw out enough of these conspiracy theories. Oh, I. I mean, look at like films like. What was that one with, um, based on Serrano Fines with Jason Statham? Do you remember that one? Where they were assassins. It was set in like the 60s or 70s. Yes. That, uh... that was written by Ranulph Fines. Uh-huh. But that was based on a true story. Like people uh-huh. were contracted to kill him because he was thought to be high up in espionage or shit. But you see films like the the Bourne series, which are great films. Yeah, oh, and uh, I mean, I'm not in that game. I'm I don't know, but some of that is probably not far from oh, reality. That's the thing. I mean, there's 
I wouldn't say there's necessarily an element of truth to it, but somebody somewhere does some sketchy shit for government and all oh, this. Sure. I'm not I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. Oh, don't get me wrong. I I quite enjoy reading some of them because I think they're quite interesting. But I think what was it that was said? A lot of people that, that are into conspiracy theories just it's all it's go conclusion shopping more than anything else. It's just something that fits their narrative. They like it, and that's what they're going to go with. But there's a, there's just a labour the point. There's a buzz involved with having exclusive info. If you break or, an exclusive, yeah. if you if you yeah. know something that everyone else doesn't, that's very right. satisfying. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I, I I'm not they're... like I'm not into fucking Bigfoot or aliens. No. I personally, I believe that the universe is far too vast for there not to be some sort oh, of absolutely. rock somewhere with something crawling over it, be it a slime or a millipede or a person something, with six legs oh, and two cocks. I don't know. Most definitely. But it would be pretty foolish to assume that we were the only intelligent ish life forms knocking about, yeah, really, wouldn't it? I think yeah. so, yeah. I mean, look at a fucking octopus. Tell me that hasn't come from space. Jesus. <laughs> but like, things like JFK. Oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things about that I find interesting. There's mm. a little mystery to it. Yeah. Like the whole, like, um, have, you, have you ever read anything on that? I've seen little bits, but never dug into it. Cause it's one of these things I could, you could lose a lot of time. Yes. And it's... Yeah. Recently, there was that freedom of information, like secret documents are kept for 50 years or 70 mm. years or something. So the, right. the redacted documents right. from the FBI or the NSA or whatever were supposed to be released, but they extended it for 20 years. Oh, really? And people are going, what, why? And then like the, <laughs> the, the bullet that shot Kennedy or Aye. one of the bullets, if you're into that yeah. aspect of it, happened to turn up on the hospital gurney where that senator, was it oh, O'Connell, yeah. that Stop was shot lying. as well? He was on a hospital gurney, and some boy from the FBI went, oh, look, here's the bullet, perfectly pristine, lying yeah. next to him. That's convenient, isn't it? Oh, look, it's got Lee Harvey Oswald's fingerprints on it. That, oh, that was definitely him, eh? Well, well, case fucking closed. Uh, exactly. And it's Jeez. stuff like that where you go. Yeah. Hmm. See, I, I love, I love the thought of them sitting having this conversation about right, we're gonna have to punt all this stuff public domain. And Brian from Archive says, "Do you want to fuck with a conspiracy theorist? We'll just fucking push out another twenty years just for a laugh. There's yeah. fuck all in there." But just, I've just got this vision of these boys just sitting there going, ah, fuck them, it'll be funny as fuck. Watch your message boards. Watch yeah. Reddit go mental. Just having a giggle more than anything else. Ah, watch watch Alex that. Jones have a fucking coronary. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I think that, that's been the thing with, with COVID is that it's brought the um, conspiracy theories to a, quite an extreme level. Um, and, I mean, I've known at least one guy who was committed um, toward four off the back of it because his head was just and there's a lot of theory around especially with COVID stuff it's you're filling in the gaps as a, almost as like a self-preservation it's a you, you can't understand what's happening so it's more of a comfort to to try and say that this XYZ conspiracy theory is what's yeah. happening it's and a that's knee, what gives a you knee, some level of comfort yeah the illusion of control 
Like, oh, absolutely. Know, know, knowing absolutely. everything about something gives you yeah. some sort of feeling of control, even if it's absolutely. a situation that's out with your control. Most definitely. And then you'll just get the ones who just think that there's always something to hide. Somebody somewhere is hiding something now. There's a lot of these conspiracy theories. I think that the, probably one of the biggest ones is the 9-11. That's, that's a topper, that one. Yeah. You start to look yeah. into it, you really think, oh, that's really quite good. And then you see other elements that can be explained. Like if we look at the, uh, the latest topic of the day, the whole Russia-Ukraine uh, thing, I saw a photo the other day, and it was reported as a cruise missile had gone into uh, some parliament-style government offices for the Ukraine. Um, but somebody had pointed out that there were soldiers burning piles of paperwork and I don't see any damage to cruise missiles. And I'm thinking, if I was in a country facing occupation, I'd probably try and burn all my paperwork as well. Get yeah. rid of that shit so nobody can get a hold of it. So yeah. there's, there's always, I suppose there's always ways, there's two sides to everything, isn't there? But, but well, people like the sensational stuff, like the idea that it's all bizarre and faked. And just... Here was something, there's a, I, I've heard some of them over the years for example, they think it was staged. Um, and remember, there was a, a, an apparent aircraft impact into the Pentagon. Oh, it, yes. That's in right. the, it was a records room or something. And the records <laughs> that were destroyed in this attack happened to be a federal investigation into illegal goings-on within yeah. the government. And Oh, that that corner of the building has been destroyed. Oops! All oh, the evidence shit. is lost. No backups. Now, never mind. Whether or not you think a government or a part of a government is capable mm. of fucking a a, ma- a genocide, well, not me, yeah, a so- genocide, and a, and a, a homicidal event, absolutely. just to mask some paperwork. Then you know that's up to you. But what also could have happened is it was a genuine terrorist attack, maybe mm-hmm. orchestrated, maybe not. And mm-hmm. because it was a terrorist attack, they went, oh, by the way, this is a great cover to get rid of oh, all this absolutely. shit. And let's yeah. just say it's part of that. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, that's the thing is that it's, it's not always one big story. You know, no. it's not always one centre perpetrator and this is the whole theory done and dusted. So it might just be a moment of opportunism. Yeah. Um, almost definitely. But no, the conspiracy theory stuff, I, I love it. But people, you, I mean, there are people that just take it to the ninth degree and you think, fucking, if you've got nothing else better to do, well, try don't. and convince people that, you know, this, that and the next thing's all bullshit and it's just... But that's that's the same. I, a conspiracy theory is... This might annoy some people, but this is my own personal opinion. <laughs> that is akin to some of the religions. Mm, people yeah, have yeah. a they have a ideology or something that they emphatically, wholeheartedly, one hundred percent, blindly follow and believe in. Yeah, and you know, pick your theory: flat Earth, space is fake, chemtrails, the fucking moon's the made lot. of cheese. We didn't go to the moon. We did go to the moon, <laughs> but the film was destroyed, so they recreated it in a film studio. Fucking Lee Harvey Oswald was the mastermind. He was a scapegoat. Right. Whatever. Whatever yeah. it is. If you believe something, you want to associate yourself with like-minded people. 
people who go to a church or a synagogue or the Mm -hmm. temple or wherever, and they join people, fucking Alcoholics Anonymous, chess club, whatever it is, (laughs) you find you're like commonality, something, yeah. And there's comfort in that. Oh, most definitely. I think there's a, a big element of validation as well. You know, I think a lot of these people just, especially because some of these ideas are so mm. far removed from what you would consider to be normal reality. Yeah. If they find somebody else is equally as um, enthusiastic, yeah. it's almost like that whole, maybe I'm not completely mad after all. Yeah, because like uh, if you start up a church, the church of the wandering Bigfoot penis, and then somebody yeah. else goes, I believe Bigfoot's got a interdimensional penis as well. Great. You oh, can there join you my fucking club. go. Exactly. Fucking hell. <laughs> and we can talk about Bigfoot's lipstick together all day exactly. and all night. Exactly. <laughs> fucking happy days. Nobody thinks we're mental at all. Yeah. Fucking up. Instant gratification and validation right but fucking there. Eh? <laughs> you take that into the fucking... Uh, fucking, I don't know. You got to do one of those soapbox preaching sessions and outside the same trial center and <laughs> you're gonna get fucking bottled <laughs> oh all, all, all the wee neds will be around you in a fucking yeah. heartbeat we believe bigfoot that- has an interdimensional penis that he can impregnate <laughs> across time and space do you fucking see, see, i'm i'm down with whatever anyone wants to think just if, if whether it's conspiracy theory whatever just Fill your boots. Just yeah. fucking shut up and then I bug me a boot. If, yeah, if I'm not into it, fucking move on. It's, you know, conversation's done. It's over. Just fucking don't worry about it. That, yeah. that, that was, I mean, that was the prime example of this guy in the whole COVID thing. He got to the stage whereby he thought people were following him. He thought all kinds of fucking mad stuff. Um, it was all this big, massive government, uh, government cover-up. And no matter what you think, I mean, I... COVID's a bit shady, it's a bit dodgy, but is it this massive global fucking Illuminati style event that this punter thought it was? Doubt it. But the, see, you know? that's going back to the opportunists who see an you know an opportunity to they go, oh, the whole the entire population's inside, apart from a few stragglers. We can use this opportunity to Move this or build this or pass this law unopposed. Ah, exactly. And then you come out and they go, Wait, you're doing what now? <laughs> you see, I, like that, that lad that you know, there's every chance that, you know, that was just that he was always inclined to have a, some sort of break, be it, hmm. you know, psychotic or schizophrenic yeah. or whatever. And some, that was just a catalyst. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he was, you know, well, I heed the ball. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's just one of these things. But, was I mean, he ages with us, or? Uh, we bit younger. A bit younger. That's, <laughs> that's a shame, like. Oh, aye. It is. It, it is what it is. Um, was mean, he into, he, like, he, drugs or anything? Was it? Well, see, this is the plot twist. I posted up uh, a JRE clip, a Joe Rogan clip, and he sent me a message, oh, I've just started listening to Joe Rogan. He's fucking brilliant. It's like, yes, he sent this. Mm. Have you ever done DMT? I'm like, no, I've never done DMT. And he went, I've made some DMT. And I thought, wow. oh, and how have you made this fucking? And he sent me photos of everything. I'm like, fucking hell, you really have gone and made it. He says, the first time he tried it, 
it, he was too gun shy and too, a couple of hits from the sort of uh, like pipe and I thing. Thought, nah, I can't fucking do it. Right. He says, but the second right. time he, he built up enough courage to do it, as it were. And he says, the experience lasted about 15 minutes and he's seen things, he's seen colors and shapes that his, he just can't comprehend. He says, it's not, it's not pleasant. It's not like a, let's go and fucking do a DMT trip. It'll be great. Yeah. He says, but I think from that point on, it was like a switch just went off his head and he just started thinking constantly. Couldn't switch his fucking head off. Yeah. I see, think I've heard, I've, there's I've heard every some chance saying, that that's oh, a chemically induced fucking nervous breakdown. Oh, completely. I think you hear people who have done sort of ayahuasca and DMT and they've done it. And that was, that was, that was crazy. That was a trip. I'll not do it again, but move on with my life. And then you get people who just read so much into it. And I think because he had been binge watching a lot of these mad conspiracy theory things about the fourth dimension and all these little fucking pixie dudes running about and they can speak to you through the fourth dimension, which is the DMT and the gateway, blah, blah, all very Alex Jones. The second he had finished it, these connections just started firing and they didn't fucking stop. And of course, when COVID kicked in, boom, that was it. It's all the fucking Chinese government. It's a conspiracy. It's a fucking masks or some nonsense. And just, I've seen Bigfoot's oh. penis, trust me. It's, it's glorious. Fucking he highly interdimensional. Of, when he was in with the space <laughs> pixies, they're all dancing around Bigfoot's <laughs> erection. He, although he was telling me, he says, there was this one wee pixie-looking bastard who was just being a dick. He says, I don't know what he was saying. He was just, it was like all the rest of them were trying to be cool and trying to communicate to him. But this one was just being a bell end. It's almost like they were giving him a bollock for being a bell end to this this travel that had turned up to break through the fourth dimension. I mean, he, he went to the stage of speaking to local minister and stuff about um, the possibility of God not being a... Like a, a geezer in the sky, kind of thing. But this is a, a, an interdimensional thing. Is it possible that God could be within the fourth dimension and God is just a chemical reaction, or is God a, a, a being in a different universe? That oh, like, oh, fucking hell. I'm not a religious man at all. But I can imagine the minister going, What the fuck? Even this is mental by yeah, my standards. He's complete um, and not qualified he, to answer that shit in any no. way, shape, or form. <laughs> Just smile and hand them another fucking Bible, but yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think some of these. What was it I'd heard the other day? Some there was a lot of um, there's a conspiracy about that Australia is not real, uh, the UK what? isn't real. Oh, Australia is not a real place. Um, neither is the UK. What is, or what most, is it then? Most of Europe. But this this all comes from within inside America because they can't see it, they can't quantify it, and therefore it's not fucking real. It's just a big ploy to uh, keep yeah. them where they are, kind of thing. I think the I, best I think one it's, that... it's boredom. Oh, God, yeah. It's yeah a, oh, fuck, I. I've said this You've before. It... It's a lack of adversity. Yeah. It, it, the, the, tr- from an evolutionary standpoint, uh, trust me, I could have been a doctor. Um, you know, the human race historically has often strived in the face of adversity and, you know, all that adapt and overcome survival of the fittest shit. And there's a lot of people, myself included, that have faced adversity and you grow Mm -hmm. from it and you survive it and you get stronger and better from it. Yeah. Now, if you have an inherent desire, some sort of primal evolutionary urge to face adversity head on Mm -hmm. and overcome it, but you have no adversity, 
then you're going to have to try and create that adversity. Mm-hmm. So, you I think know, going against the convention, going against oh, the norm, that's adversity. Hugely so. I think if you look at, um, not, not to pick on an entire nation, but I think the Americans are prime candidates for this hero syndrome. Um, you look on any social media and you've got this powerful, very call-to-arms style fucking music. And it's, I mean, I remember watching this advert for this American backpack that it flips over your head and turns into uh, like a bulletproof vest, but it's got slots for your guns. And like, but it was played with this very powerful, desperate need to be a hero style music. And I'm thinking, your man Kyle Rittenhouse, for example, is a good example. There was no need for him to be knocking about with a fucking AR 15, but he felt the need to be a hero or felt the need to face that adversity. Something. He had to overcome something. So Well, he, he went down to help his employers because his employers called him up and said, uh-huh. we're, we're getting fucking looted here. We're starting to get concerned. Can you come and help? So he did. Rocked up full Call of Duty style. <laughs> yeah. But then until the facts of his case came out, everyone was for lynching him. Oh, Christ. And then I. they were like, oh, oh by God, the way, did you know the guy he killed was a white guy and also a convicted pedophile? Did you know that? And they were like, oh, was it? Oh, okay. Well, okay. We'll give him that one. And then oh, the other bless. boy was like a fucking National Front fucking. I think a lot of them were absolute Madians. Clan fella. And they were like, oh, right. Oh, okay. Well, we'll give him that one. And then when it all, was all said and done and he was acquitted and the press were like, yeah, well, you know, turns out he was actually a nice guy helping his Asian bosses. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll we'll back down off of that. <laughs> we'll leave him be. Back you you got to pick your hells to die on very carefully. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, you but what was, just... I was just going to say something then before we were talking about that. Uh, what was you speaking about? You were oh, talking about. I think in America, mm-hmm. because it's you know they cast off the monarchy the American War of Independence they're a very yeah. um, patriotic country oh, and, Jesus, and for some people they have to say that is a skewed vision, that's a skewed ideal mm. for mm. the the people that take it too far but it's mm. a very um, pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of attack first ask questions later and mm. I mean there's definitely been social commentary on it because look at fucking Team okay. America World Police. <laughs> exactly. Like, that was the view, the world view that many people have on America is that they'll yeah. kick the door in and fucking pull people apart and go, right, you fucking stop it, you fucking stop it. Liberty and justice and freedom for all. We're America. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And that's, if that's, you know, they salute the flag every morning, the fucking national anthem in schools with the hand over the heart and all that shit. I mean, that, I mean, they're brought up. That's yeah. essentially a rally every day. In oh, well, that, I, I remember watching a, a really good interview. It was one of these on the street style interviews, these guerrilla interview things. And they were, they were reading off this list of things um, that uh, a country pushes their, their people to do and you know um and they were drawing so many comparisons to like place like north korea where it's all well it's a little bit extreme over there but a lot of the stuff in america can be mirrored in north korea in terms of their sort of um the passion well not, not so much passion in north korea but uh, certainly in america the whole 
pledge of allegiance constantly. I mean, I remember yeah. somebody being really surprised that in no other school in the world do they sit and do the national anthem, pledge of allegiance, and all this shit before the day because just fucking get on with it, son. There's no uh, need for that. Sporting I think events they do it in Japan. Just. In Japan, I think. Bless I there was a thing with Sue Perkins, or was it? Steve oh yeah, yeah. Might have been both of them. Where they were in Japan <laughs> doing a documentary, yeah. and that—that that was one of the things. Was um, the pensioners? There's like a state-sponsored thing, but they look after their old people, so uh-huh. their old people do like that. Um, what's that? Tai Chi, or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. or you or the Japanese equivalent, like in the in the oh, park. In the, no, I've seen that. Yeah, every morning, you know. Right. And they do a thing in schools where they um, do like the national anthem or some shit. I could be way off base there, but there's some <laughs> there's something like that. Yeah, and I I I, I mean, patriotism's all well and good. I mean, as Scotsmen, we are well, definitely exactly oh, very God, fueled yes. whenever there's something involving the the national interest, be it sports yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. look at the fucking the whole independence thing. Oh, I Jesus mean, Christ. I'm man. not going to open that can of worms just now, but that <laughs> that really, really divided some people. It was absolutely Almost bonkers, more than it? the Rangers versus Celtic argument. That divides mm, families. Definitely. But the fucking independence one, that really put a fucking cat amongst the oh, pigs. It, it was absolutely crazy, wasn't it? That was a mad cup. Yeah. Was that one. Jeez, oh my. But that, that whole... Um, the whole idea... Of being patriotic, mm-hmm. if you are brought up with that, not well, I suppose it is conditioning in a way where it's yeah. all the national anthem and um, the flag of America and freedom and the American dream and uh-huh. you know fucking apple pie and Bruce Springsteen and yeah, <laughs> all that shit. Yeah. You are, as you are a, an adult and a, f- air quotes, free thinker, Yeah, you, there is a much higher tendency to be insulted if somebody, mm-hmm. in their eyes, threatens that very way of life, as they've put it, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and that's why I think they're so keen to jump to defend it, or, you know, Offense. The best defense is a good offense, as the as a lot of mm-hmm. military-minded people say. Absolutely, yeah. And they're the ones that go, "Oh no, there's a threat to freedom and democracy. We've got to squash it immediately." And that's why they've been so trigger happy. And oh, they're such a big country. There's like three hundred oh, odd oh. fucking million of them, oh, not including like immigrants or they are. Well, they they are illegal aliens, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, it's one of the largest armies in the world. Oh, why? And they I, don't mind a flex to be a chest puffing oh, exercise. They really don't. I think. I I I think it must be quite tough being American, um, because a lot of the times it's it's kind of it's deeply unfair that they are the butt of a lot of jokes. I mean, we've all seen these videos where they go out asking these Americans um, general knowledge questions, yeah. and they fail miserably. But that's not necessarily their fault. I mean, you have to remember, America's only a couple hundred years old. 
There's yeah. zero fucking history over there. I'd love watching some of these American TV programs. The wife watches these fucking home makeover shows. They're talking about all oh, these amazing old school pieces of furniture. It's like something was made in the 30s. Like, oh, it's like, furniture. <laughs> no, no, we, yeah, we've got shit in here from the 1700s, love, that we're still using as a yeah. fucking coffee table. And I, and I totally get that. Um, but I think they've always had that amazing sense of confidence because they've, They've always been told that they're amazing and they can do everything. I think it's, it's it can be quite a shock to someone to learn that actually you're not you're not that great. But it, especially as well, it's a, you have to consider that the new America that is a couple of hundred mm-hmm. years old, certainly yeah. from when it was colonized, they yeah. do have artifacts and stuff that are oh, thousands yeah, yeah. of years old Absolutely. from the indigenous peoples, but they just fucking steamrolled them. Oh, just roughshod clean over the top of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then fucked they were like, the oh, America, we don't have a history. And you're like, eh, yeah, you do. Yeah, but you've just fucking pissed all over it. <laughs> all over the fucking place you have history. Oh, I th- arrowheads and tribal lands yeah. and fucking fossils of, you know, what, dinosaurs or whatever shit, the yeah. fuck. It's a patch See, of dirt thing. on the earth, as is every other piece of fucking land. Exactly. And, over millennia, things have happened uh-huh. on that land. It's just because the, from my perspective, they are quite yeah. insular. Oh they, yeah, they don't need to know what the capital of Italy is. No, but I think what we'll find, or at least what I'd li- I'd like to hope is, I mean, we're, we're in a, a completely unprecedented. So our generation have grown up from being teletext being the most advanced thing on the fucking planet. All of a uh-huh. sudden. Fucking video, all kinds of mad shit. I yeah. mean, the finger knowledge at your fingertips is in your fucking yeah. arse pocket half the time. And yep. I think the, 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 the sort of the younger generation of Americans are far more open to the fact that there is a big fuck off world and let's go learn about it. Um, and I think that there's a big element of realism now that actually maybe, maybe we're not as brilliant as we think we are. I, I, I still think one of the best, it's a horrible thing to say, but the best examples of Americans being put in a place was, um, was Vietnam. They thought, mm. fucking, it's all right, we got you guys. And they rocked over there. And it, just, it wasn't that they were outnumbered in any way, shape, or form. They were just outsmarted because yeah. they walked into somebody else's house. And that they was tried to change from, shit. For many years, that was a conspiracy theory. Oh. But that's actually proven to be true. That all started with a false flag event. It's mad. And I think what's quite scary now, and it, it tends to be the older generations, who, who believes that, oh, we, we we won the Vietnam War. You think, fucking no, <laughs> no. you didn't. Um, no. But again, maybe that's the whole, that's what they were taught by their grant. It's a pride thing, you know. You, you can't lose. Um, and that was just the way that they fucking rolled with it. But I think a lot of the younger generation of Americans certainly seem to be more susceptible to outside um, influence, and that's a good thing. Um, well, certainly not. I I sort of have this occasional philosophical discussion with myself in that the technology we have now, you can find out what's going on in Guatemala. Yeah. Like now you could just pick up DuckDuckGo or Google or whatever mm-hmm. and just search Guatemala and you could be on a local news site from somewhere out there within I- fucking seconds. No bother. And for those, for people that are curious, that's great. Mm-hmm. But it's also a burden because yeah. if you even 
50 years ago, 100 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, you'd maybe get a letter from Glasgow mm, yeah, saying, uh, you know, this branch of the family's well, Irene's mm. sick, um, mm. but fucking everything's great. Fantastic. Mm. And you just carried on through your life. Absolutely. Fine. Absolutely fine. But now, you know what's happening in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You know what's happening in Colombia. You yeah. know what's happening in fucking South, South Africa. You know mm-hmm. what's happening. And it panics people and worries them. Okay. And I, I, I think to myself sometimes, is it worth having all that information at our fingertips? Because there's nothing we can do apart from get ourselves worked up. Absolutely. I, I used to be, I used to, again, this is another conversation around the whole social media thing, but my Facebook feed was always filled with news, politics, um, current affairs stuff, and it was chock-a-block. And yeah. it got to the stage where I just fucking jacked the whole lot in. Yeah. Just, I'm done. I can't fucking do it. There was yep. so much, like... You get saturated with it. Oh, so and every single new site gone. And so in terms of social media, all my social media stuff now is just hobbies, interests and shit. Nothing remotely serious. If you get your news from Facebook, you're probably not the most well-informed, you know? Um, um, but again, that, that's another discussion to be had is that the impact that social media has on various cha- generations of people. It has changed the way the world works fundamentally so and that that's that's an incredible power an incredible oh God, yeah. tool and an incredible mm-hmm. weapon to have if mm-hmm. you if you can mass influence entire generations of populations mm. you've got the fucking potential for the keys for world dominance i mean that oh. might be a reach but no you look at i mean i think your man mark Zuckerberg, especially when you consider Facebook's origins was just some horny teenage loon mm-hmm. trying to find pictures of other lasses in other colleges yeah. and rating them accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, there's 500 billion users or something mad. Yeah. The boy's worth fucking humongous sums of money. But from that, I mean, it's moved from being a, a site where you can speak to your pals to WhatsApp and you've got VR stuff and they've got this whole meta thing that he's worked on now. And you just think, it just at what point from a personal level, do you just think, ah, fucking, do I really want the responsibility of this on my shoulders? I've I've tried to think back to, I mean, you know, because obviously mobile phones have come along in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I remember what it was like before, especially like when we were, you know, first year yeah. in high school. If you wanted to go and meet up with your friends, you'd go and chat in the door. And if, right. they, if they weren't in, it's potluck. If you've, you'd go, yep. you'd spend an hour going around the usual haunts. They're not at the park. They're not not yeah. down by the burn. Maybe mm-hmm. they're over, you know, such and such as house. So you'd go and fucking try there. Right. And if you never got them, well, then you went home. Exactly. And is it selfish to say that in that insular life, you were happier, you were more content? You oh, didn't feel like your place. attention was being pulled in 50 different no. directions by shit no, powerless exactly. to, to help with or exactly. influence. And so you think, well, should I just unplug from it all? Because 
the people I'm connected with on social media, mm-hmm. if it was back in the old, the old days, if it was 25 <laughs> years ago, whatever, third fucking hell, Jesus, more than that, 30 years uh, ago. Exactly. Would you necessarily have be talking to them? You'd maybe have, like when, if you were, say, primary six, seven, Mm-hmm. Before going into high school, yeah. maybe I don't know. I mean, I, my case is a bit different. I moved around quite a lot of schools, but mm-hmm. you, you guys may have known some people from Elgin. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like at primary school. Yeah, yeah. And maybe some people from Abelower, just because where you lived, geographically speaking. Mm-hmm. But you may not have phoned them you know, every other day yeah. or gone to visit or, you know, sleepovers, yeah. whatever the fuck. So now they're on Facebook or your Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever. Should they be? Would you, if they weren't, if you didn't have the, the freedom mm-hmm. of social media to talk to them once every 10 months, <laughs> exactly. would you would bother? You really bother your arse? Well, well that, that is the thing, isn't it? I mean, people seem to draw value from the connections they make with people. Um, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, I think it's especially rife on someone like LinkedIn, you know, sort of the, sort of the business social media stuff, where the more connections you've got, you're obviously somebody well-connected. It's, it's almost like a badge of honour thing, but really, if it comes down to it, there's maybe less than 10 people I would fully trust with my life. Mm. The other 200 people that I got on Facebook, yeah, there's a couple of casual acquaintances. Now, there's not to say there's no value in it. Um, there's a lot of people that I've got on there that you can have some fantastic conversations with. I mean, um, I, had a, I had a great conversation with a pal the other day. Um, he's a staunch royalist, uh, a career in the military, um, loves the Queen to death, all this kind of stuff. I'm not at all. But that's not to say we couldn't have a... We had an interesting conversation about queen she's getting on now what happens with her succession is it mm-hmm. charlie does he pass over it should he get it should charlie and it, you know it was a, it was a perfectly a nice conversation to have might not speak to him for another year and a half but it was a nice discussion nonetheless but well just one of these things. here's the point or a point i do yeah. recognize the hypocrisy of it because we reconnected through well exactly facebook invite and Absolutely. I saw on your social media the, the the story with what happened to your heart and that, and mm-hmm. your, when you were doing Operation Beast Mode, and I found that uh-huh. interesting and engaging. That's why I reached out and said, you know, exactly. I'm doing a podcast. If you're up for it, I'd like to talk to you about it. And since sure. then, we've communicated a lot more. I mean, ah, of course, we were pals for a term in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? <gasps> <laughs> exactly, it's mad, isn't it? But then and, again, there's people I went through my whole primary school, high school life with, quite happily never speak to again. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. some of them, not necessarily there was a problem. We just didn't no, no. connect. I just, in, I just in don't that, give a fuck. Yeah. yeah, in that population of people in that year, like, you know, we didn't have any classes together. We weren't in the same yeah. tutor nope. group or any of that. Nope. And, uh, you know... <laughs> You don't lose sleep over that. You're not hunting yeah. people down and going, oh, I saw you once no. in the canteen. Do you want to be my friend? Uh, exactly. Well, I'm kind of at an age now. I mean, I turned 
40 last year. And I'm very much uh, of the opinion, I, I'm, I'm kind of past giving a fuck these days. I'm kind of at a stage in my life that, you know, I make all right money. I've got my house, I've got my cars, I've got the family, I've got my, all my dinky wee fucking toys. I'm quite fucking happy. You know, I'd, I'd quite happily jack in the whole social media thing and just do my thing. But, you know, some things enrich your life and some things don't. And I've found now that I find it a lot easier to cut the things out of my life that don't add any value. Um, whether that's some sort of social media thing. Like there's a, a lot of these social media apps and things you, you start because you're interested and you just think this is pish. But I don't want to get rid of it because I feel like the whole fear of missing out thing. But I, I don't give a fuck about missing out anymore, you know? No. Um, whereas 10, 15 years ago, you'd maybe go on Facebook and think, fucking wow, was I not invited to the pub for that? Now, I really don't give, I don't give I a th- fuck. I think that's a, a personal evolution as well. I think Absolutely. that's all part of the, the life cycle as you grow up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I struggle to relate it to something for like from like 50 years ago. I don't know what would be similar. I guess it would be when our parents would go to the dances. Mm-hmm. That was their networking. And yeah. then as they get older, and as you say, they, they get comfortable in a career, they get a family, the need to do that is less and less. So maybe this is that equivalent. The 21st century equivalent is you get on social media, you go on uh, dating sites, what you know, whatever, mm-hmm. and then you get to a point where you've you're lucky enough to have found some sort of fulfillment in your mm-hmm. housing, your comfortable fa- wife, no. family, whatever. So that's when you pull back and you go, well, I don't need to put myself out there now. There's mm-hmm. nothing to put myself out there for. And that's yeah. maybe when you start to think, right, I'm going to trim some of this digital fat. Exactly. I don't need it. I don't need to mm-hmm. connect with 500 people that are <laughs> brushed up against in a queue at Starbucks. Fucking <laughs> exactly. So you, you, people have the, the, the Facebook clear out and they go, yes. I've had a clear out. If your name's on the list, congratulations. I'm like, fucking don't let me stop you. Just chop me out. <laughs> I, I, exactly. I'm really not that fast anymore. But so, I am no. now making more of an effort to reach out to and listen if you're listening to this and i haven't reached out to you for a little while i haven't forgotten about you i'm just uh making my way down the list <laughs> but i do find myself now wanting to go back to the time where staying in touch with someone involved a bit more personal commitment oh yeah the phone call i mean i again Definitely. i appreciate that despite my critique of social media i did also mention the fact that i do consider it in some aspects to be a tool and a useful oh, one at that yeah I, I, you know definitely i think it, it can it can still be useful but you know but there is some level of scorn and criticism for sure yeah there's definitely more value though in something like this oh god yeah where the that technology yeah now where the technology has so fucking oh exponentially improved oh, some of the I, relationships I if, between people. If you could go back 30 years and say to yourself when you're 10, hear me, this is the kind of cool shit you're going to have when you're 40, you go, fuck off. Yeah. Nah. We've always the mo- I remember constantly through high school, your teacher would always say in maths, you know, you need to learn this because you, you, it's not like you're going to walk about with a calculator in your pocket when you're older. 
Mm. And the irony being is we've all got fucking calculators in our pockets. We've got access to the the universe's information in your fucking pocket. And what you do is spend three hours playing Jelly Splash. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, that that was the crazy thing. When I think about the the, the world my kids are growing up in just now, is that this this technology is not nothing really wows them a great deal, Mm. you know? Like, we had that huge sense of um, wonder when you mm. see your first fl- looks of flat screen telly, you think, that's fucking gangster. That's yeah. cool as shit, and it's four inches thick. Remember the rear, projection, te- the rear projection I, tellies? I had one for years. It cost me like a, a grand fucking, and a half. Like a wardrobe. <laughs> it was a ridiculous thing. But now that, I mean, that that was that's the thing. It's the case just now is that, you think, well, where, where's their wonder coming from? And ironically, it's away from everything technology-based. Yeah. I'll go out with the kids, take them out for a hike up Ben Hagen, we'll go out and do shit. And that's where they're finding the, the their sort of their wonder. You know, that's where they get their excitement from is doing shit outside. And that's kind of cool, but ah, it's, 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 we've had a, a, it's a crazy generation that we live in, that's for damn sure. Right, but I think that there's a chance that what we're living through now is your grandkids kids version of pong yeah most definitely oh my I, 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 the only way I, is that when, when we when we were in school especially primary school you say oh i wonder what <laughs> i wonder what the future will be like i wonder what will be like when we are grown up i wonder if there'll be flying cars <gasps> i wonder if there'll be machines that help you get dressed so you, you know Right. You would go like a fucking emo car wash. You'll be able to just get up and go through and come out <laughs> exactly. the other end dressed. Looking glorious. And, and there's there's things available now to us that we fucking never dreamed up. If we did dreamt of them, we'd be rich. Oh, well, it was funny. I I can't ever since my, my boy found out that I used to be self-employed on a business. Yeah, he's he's been fixated on he was eight when he started this fixation. He's ten now, and he's like, I, I want a business. So he's got his own wee website. I remember you telling me this last Yeah, time. he's got ideas for all this kind of shit. And one of the things he says, Dad, I've had this idea for an invention. Fucking tell me. What if you could write a letter, yeah, but you put it into a machine and then you, you like email it to somebody and it comes out their machine at the other end, but your handwritten letter. I'm like, wee man, you've just invented what's called a fax machine. Yeah. What? I had to show him. He's like, no, that's exactly what I was thinking about. I just thought it would be cool to be able to write something down, have it come out the other end. I'm thinking, that, that's fucking crazy that you were like nine at the time, and this is the shit you're coming up with. You can do that on Moonpig now. You can handwrite and take a picture, uh, and they'll put it in the card. Oh, I, I remember having one of those <laughs> moments when I was like, oh, I want to say... I was young, but I wasn't. Embarrassingly, I was in like my fucking early twenties, and I thought, <laughs> you know, when you got a new phone and you'd have to back up the SIM card and swap the SIM and put yeah. the SIM in, and then fucking cut. I thought, right. wouldn't it be good if you had something like a, a little flash drive that you could just put in a SIM card and it automatically copied it? Wouldn't that be good? Right. I thought that'd be great. I wonder how I would make that. And then I remember, I lived in Manchester at the time, so it was. 2006, 2005, something like that. And um, I was at the post office. And you know how you have trays in like pound shops of these little things, like a fucking squidgy key ring that, you know, it's got boggly eyes or whatever. 
Well, oh, there was even okay. sim up sim backups, and it was it okay. was exactly my idea. But somebody obviously also thought of it and got there first. And it was just these little look just looked like little translucent flash drives with a slot in the bottom, and that's uh-huh. exactly what it was. It had okay. a little watch battery, and you put your SIM card in, and it would copy it, and then you take that out, put in a new SIM card, and it would copy it onto the new SIM card. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Fucking, well, I, I remember watching a thing oh, last year, one of these little documentary things, and it was somebody was saying that oh, it's so hard to innovate these days because everything's kind of been done. And I'm thinking, but that's coming from somebody with a 30 or 40 year old mind. Look at yeah. kids coming up now. That's yeah. a whole fresh level of thinking. So yep. just, you're, you're constrained by your own mindset and your own thoughts. But these kids, they, I mean, this is all, half of this is all peasant gear. You've got high-end game computer, but that could run faster in some way. And they'll figure that shit out. But yep. I suppose you're always going to get that from generation to generation. I mean, I mean, even my parents' generation these days, you look at them and they say, you know, oh, no, not in specific, my kids, but spend a lot of time on computers and they, they they don't really see their mates anymore and it's all online and you know they play Fortnite and shit with their mates and you think uh, they just see us being deeply unhealthy but I see it as well but this is the world they live in I don't think yeah. there's anything necessarily unhealthy about it um, as long as there's a balance but it's the norm I think for kids well, that, to be that's, that's the key factor what you said there friends. is balance as long as Absolutely. they do that that's done as well. Oh, as definitely. Whatever. Well, I'm I'm lucky. I did this. Um, I took the, the day off. The wife was working. My mum and dad were away somewhere. Um, so my youngest is three. So it was just. A, I said, "What do you want to do? Let's just do a, a daddy daddy daughter day. Great stuff. Down at the beach and round the shops. And took out for lunch and all this kind of shit. So mm. Don't want to sit in front of a fucking computer or a tablet or a phone or don't want to no. sit and watch telly. Let's go out and do some cool shit. All right, yeah. then, let's fucking go." You know, and the, and magic. there's still that inherent instinct in us. Oh, God, it, yeah. it might be lying more dormant in some people than others, but there Absolutely. is still that desire for a physical, interpersonal uh, relationship with mm. with other people. You know, parents, oh, yeah. friends, whatever. And that's do, yeah the the drive or the the instinct to do that isn't necessarily going to get smothered by the use no. of technology. I think a lot of that, although I do know a lot of younger people who will do things like, oh, I don't speak on the phone to people because I don't like speaking to people. But they'll leave you a fucking voice text. Exactly. And you think, well, where's that come from? And it's because technology has just made it easier to send a voice message or easier to bang out a text or an email or Facebook, whatever. That's cool. But I just think a lot of the interpersonal skills, I did a, this, this work that I did with the Scottish Government, some of these uh, young, sort of teenage level, I mean, they were talking fifth year, so they're kind of, they're looking to transition into the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these kids were, well, fact, most of these kids were really, they lacked so much interpersonal skills. I mean, I was a stranger and they couldn't, the, the fact that I stood there speaking to them, this looked like it bamboozled half of them. It was maybe less than 5% of them who would happily stand and have a conversation. The rest of them kind of just I, bite the lip and kick in their feet. I would argue... It's kind of sad. And it might be controversial, but I would argue yeah. a lot of that is to do with upbringing. Oh, 
Completely. Because there was absolutely the, the, the etiquette of talking to strangers, mm. you know, in a formal setting. Obviously, you shouldn't speak yeah. to strangers. But if oh, you were introduced, it was a hello, please to meet yeah. you. Please may I be may I be excused, whatever. And no, there was a a format for how to yeah. talk to people. And then going on from formal introductions is that that's how you get into small talk. And some people are shit at small talk. I'm shit at it. I'll stand there and I always default to nice day. Aye. Standard. Fucking Aye. always. But oh, the, having the ability to not have to deal with confrontation or social awkwardness in that you can send a text. Mm-hmm. I, I can understand it because I hate getting a voicemail. I don't like listening to voicemails. No. <laughs> I, I I don't know why. It's just if somebody if I miss a call and it's and I do leave them and then again mm-hmm. I'm a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> if somebody goes, you know, hi, it's such and such. I'm just calling about the thing. Um, I'd said it was at the, and already I'm I'm like yeah I know I fucking yeah delete yeah but like you don't need to no you don't need to do that I'll call you back no. or send me a text or you know whatever but <gasps> that that is the muscle for social mm-hmm. interaction atrophies yeah if oh oh completely you're shielded too much by the ability to have a remote yeah interaction. With someone, I, I I think so. Like when I when I'm on the Xbox, I'll mute my mic and mute whoever the randoms I'm teaming with because I don't want I don't no. want to engage. No, not interested like, in your conversation. It feels very intimate when somebody you don't know is directly in your fucking ear holes. I think I f- it feels I, like an intrusion. I used to play a lot of online stuff. I mean, we're talking probably back in the, not the ex, original Xbox, but the 360, more so. Um, and that's what become more prevalent. And there was some fantastically funny characters you come across. Mm. And that's great. Um, but I just think now that people have become so almost disassociated with, with the reality of what they're doing when they're speaking to people online or mm. in any other medium other than face-to-face or or on the phone. I mean, oil and gas was shocking for it. The amount of keyboard warriors used to get just being absolutely outraged on an email and you'd phone up because I, again, I don't deal with conflict on a fucking email. I'm going to phone you or come and see you. We'll have a discussion about it, like grownups and they would instantly calm their fucking jets. And you think, well, it's okay for you to be angry because you put it across in the email, but come on, you know, you can't be all lovely, happy, just because I phoned you and brought you up on your bullshit, but uh, I think that's—I don't know—we we get a little bit in the at work. You get people being quite just pushy and a bit grumpy and a bit pissy. And I've seen me phone them up to not to be confrontational. I'm concerned. You know what's what's the problem? Yeah. Oh, it's not that big a deal, but oh, you've made it sound like a big fucking deal. Well, you've made it sound a... like I need to go and shout at someone, but yeah. You know. But that's the people have a tendency to over exaggerate when they're having an issue. I do it, everyone mm-hmm. does it. Mm-hmm. But I know, uh, snipping back for a second, I do know that there are situations where social interactions aren't dying off. Perfect example of this is 
last night we were at a gig in town, went to see a, oh, yeah. a band that my mate's in, and uh-huh. we ended up getting a seat. It's just quite a small place. It was Drummond's in Aberdeen. So there's like a oh, yeah. stage bay down the front, and then there's like a, downstairs is the floor and the stage and like the oh, sound yeah. booth and the bar. But the entrance is street level. Mm-hmm. So there's a, I guess you would call it a fucking, I don't know, a mezzanine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, with yeah. some tables and chairs dotted around. And we managed to get a seat because we're a bit old to be fucking bopping down the front to Oasis <laughs> songs. And uh, where we got a seat, it was a, a, a long table that probably usually during the day parties of like 10 people would book it. Yeah. But there was a couple down at the far end on the right and a different couple. Like they didn't know each other on the left side. And mm-hmm. then my other half and my pal's wife were sat at this next to us and me and my mate were stood behind them and there was another couple in this other corner. And it's we were there was no thoroughfare, there was no traffic, there was nobody coming no, no. back. We were next to the stairs. It was a lovely spot. Yeah, yeah. But, but as the drinks started flowing and people were chatting and singing, I mean, the other three couples that were there, by the end of it, we were fucking hugging. Top night lads. Sees. <laughs> I don't know any of their name. I've got pictures no, of me no. and this this other couple on my phone. I've no fucking <laughs> no idea who they are. So there's still signs yeah. like that are encouraging to know that we're not oh, yeah. gonna we're not totally destined to be in this ready player one situation where no. the only interaction is VR yeah. or AR. Oh, there is still a place. For physical oh, in-person interactions, and that's that's a great thing because, like I say, as a species, we need it. Oh, definitely. I tell you what, I, I, I don't need this fucking hangover I've got. I'm, I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, it was funny because I, 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 I generally, I can't really binge drink a great deal with the ticker medication that I'm on, mm-hmm. but occasionally I'll have a couple. So I had a couple of drums last night, and I was thinking, right, I should probably go the fuck to bed. Mm. because I'm not going to cope well with my little kid. She's like a fucking alarm clock. Daddy, daddy. Six <laughs> o'clock in the fucking morning. You're like, not today, child. <laughs> fucking, today's the day you learn about independence, love. Where do you fucking go? Um, Make your own breakfast. Way. Exactly. But oh, de- de- oh, but I remember in my 20s, you could fucking drink and you'd spew your hoop and you'd wake up the next day and you just felt like fucking champion material. Yeah. No bother. Let's go. Now, I need like a day and a half to recover. But yeah. I'm not as bad as I used to be anyway, that's for sure. But fuck me. But no, I, I love shit like that where you, where you go out to a gig or you go out to a pub and you just, I, I, I like speaking to randos. I don't mind, you know, everyone's got a story and you can have a bit of crap with most people, can't you? And that's, but I suppose that comes to And that's, that is with experience. Is oh, you, God, yeah. You recognize things like body language. Is this person going to react? aggressively to you know if you excuse me please i've I found what's always i've never ever been in a fight on a night once but that was no. ages ago and i didn't start it but i the ability to read a room is valuable mm-hmm. you walk into oh, a place God, yeah. like the whiter and be like oh this was a mistake <laughs> and you just you turn fucking out of there. And when we yeah. went in there last night, everyone was there for the same thing. They were there to see this band 
and have a drink. Mm-hmm. And it's that commonality. You know yeah. everyone's on the same wavelength for a start, so you yep. can relax a bit more. And there was oh, no definitely. trouble. There was, uh, some boy slipped and fell down the stairs and looked like he proper broke his arse. Like, but he got up. He was all right. So we all started laughing at him. And, oh, uh, what? Because you have that, you're not in going in there at a six. You're in there at a four because you know every, yeah. everyone's there for the same thing. You can yeah. relax a lot quicker. And as you look around... You see that you know people are having a fucking great time, and that you can relax mm. even more. Oh, definitely. And that's that only comes with having the experience of being on multiple mm-hmm. nights out. You oh, see I... interactions that go wrong. You see people kicking off in the street, <laughs> and you recognize indicators that something's going to fucking kick off and you recognize when to get away from a situation yeah I, and I that's valuable do. as well not as as well as the good mm-hmm. interactions with strangers and people it's a great lesson in learning what not to do yeah with people i do wonder if a lot of the God, makes me sound so fucking old, but a lot of the younger generations these days, they either don't have the the desire to want to be outgoing and social. I mean, Joanna's, for example, when you're fucking 17, 18, Hochen, heaven, downtown, heaven, every pub in Elgin, mm. fucking parked out. Everyone's getting the crap. And there was a couple of years ago, maybe five, six years ago, I went out. In Elgin, one of the boys, and for a bit of a laugh, we said, fucking let's go to Joanna's. Mm. And we went there, and this was midnight, and there was like fucking seven people there. And you think, fucking, what's, what's happening here? They're all at home um, on Netflix. Exactly. And you think, fucking, this used to be, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was always a scuzzy fucking place. It was never a high-class fucking joint by any stretch. But it no, but it was a good night, you. Oh, it was, oh, I. And you just think, fuck, is this, is, I won't, nightlife's not dead for sure. But I will say that every time I've gone to a gig but it's or changed. I've gone to some kind of comedy gig or something mm. or the pub, nobody under the age of 25 is there, mm. 30, 20. And well, the majority of the places I've been to, and I don't know if that's just a sign of the times that there's, well, because back then there was no Netflix. There wasn't a huge, you go to the video shop. Yeah, yeah fucking video. But now you bang up Netflix, Disney Plus, fucking wherever you want on your phone, it's all. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's just a sign of the times. Maybe just the whole sort of public interaction, socializing on a large scale is just kind of not fizzling out because you look at some of these new festivals like Transmit that's just riddled with teeny boppers. Mm. Um, and that's that. That's, see, that's an event. That's mm-hmm. an attraction. A fucking. A weekly piss up at Joe's when mm-hmm. there is alternatives. That's mm. not as appealing. No, no. And again, you're right in that it's, I'm not sure that it's dying. I think it's just changing. Yeah. Because remember, and I fucking, and I'm sure this has gone through many iterations over the decades and centuries, but. Mm-hmm. When we were young, <laughs> there was <gasps> four television channels and fucking, uh, exactly. and the wireless. So right. When you got to an age where you could go out as an adult 
and Aye. experience nightlife, as it were. Mm-hmm. That was a real step yeah. in, in your growth as as a person. And what was the alternative? Fucking Beatles about on ITV. Oh, exactly. But there was a lot of excitement about it. And you're 19. You're too old to go to the fucking park, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. I mean, but I remember cruising around in your fucking Nova SRs, boring now. Oh fuck! So you want to go to but, Joe's, get smashed up, and try and bag yourself a, a girl? Oh, well, that was the deal. But I wonder if there's that ambition anymore from from sort of the younger generations. I mean, I remember being 15, 16, wanting to go out and experience this because yeah. I wanted to go to the pub. It's new. I wanted to go to Joe's. I wanted to go through Aberdeen for a night out to experience mm-hmm. some something new. But yeah, but now I they, have, they have so Tinder and Just Eat and Netflix oh. and fucking. Volumes and volumes of pornography oh. at the touch of their fingers. <laughs> you don't need to pull anymore. Nah. You just fucking order it like a Chinese yeah. takeaway for fuck's sake. Yeah, you can oh. just Uber yourself a pocket pussy and exactly. go fucking ham. <laughs> well, I remember we had this this young graduate, intern graduate boy in the office. He was fucking useless, bless him. But I'm sitting there and we're yapping one day and he's like, oh. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna wait at Glasgow for the weekend. So I'm going to do some fucking prep work on Tinder. I'm like, fucking show me said prep work on Tinder. And I'm looking at it going, God damn, times have changed. Is this how easy it is? Oh, he says, it's not easy, easy. Half my pubes. Oh, I shave your balls. I'm a shave. After shave on my taint. That's, that's my exactly. prep work done. I'm, I'm down to fuck. I've not even showered, but I'm good to fucking go. Let's do this. But now it's line up some mer- little munter on Tinder, get some cheesy one-liners, catch an STD, um, and go fucking home. That's something to be said for VR. There won't be as much fucking gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like my gonorrhea old school though. If, if, you, if you have your flaky. sex a la demolition man, then there's not gonna be as much fucking <laughs> clap getting spread about, is there? Oh, I was playing poster point the other day, Cyberpunk 2077, because it's it's had this new patch download for it. So it sorts out for the new next gen consoles. I was wandering about in this level and there was three shells in the bathroom, and I'm thinking. It's quite sad that there's going to be a very small portion of people who know what that three shells yeah, are. Yeah, there'll be people that don't know what that three seashells is. All, all these, right. all these youngins who wonder why there's three shells in this guy's fucking dunny. Yeah, Jesus Christ, my ah, fucking, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm, it's quite exciting to see what sort of these this generation of fucking my kid. I mean, the eldest is ten. What, what's, what's it going to be like for him growing up? What's his experience going to be like? I mean, I try and liken back to what I was doing at his age, but I was doing shit like pinching my dad's hammer and a fucking axe and nails and screws and screwdrivers and heading down the fucking spay and building hutties. Yeah. He's not. No. But but then again, the attitude towards doing that, I'm happy. He'll, he'll, he'll be concept. mining Bitcoin so he can get his own haptic feedback suit to have, uh, have a fucking BJ off a digital Scarlett Johansson. That's exactly what... He asked for one from Santa for Christmas or something and motherfucker, you know about Santa. I know you're just milking this shit now, but that's the mean? thing. Is what's, like, what's, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Some Santa like? He's a fine boy, but I wouldn't let him in my house. But fucking, what was it? When, when I first got him set up on a laptop, it's one of my old work laptops. Uh, fucking sort of family protection shit to make sure he kind of get the stuff that he necessarily should be at this stage, or maybe he should be. Maybe it's an eye opener. And the search history was stuff like how to be a how to be a businessman at eight years old, how to make money, how to buy a house, and how to get a job at MI6. 
I'm like, fucking, yeah, I wasn't thinking of any of that shit when I was eight. Yes, None you of were. that shit. Oh, it's just a different. Did you not fucking, what are you going to be when you grow up? Oh, I'm going to be a rocket scientist. Oh, I'm going to be <laughs> a fucking archaeologist. That was mine. They said, what, what that- do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I want to fucking play with dinosaur bones. And then <laughs> I remember, um, must have been when I was in Varan or something. Um, I was a nuclear physicist. That's what I wanted to be. Oh, geez, oh. Fucking look at that turn. Right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Let's fucking leave that one alone there. That's again in in alignment with the technology of the day. Well, that's he, the thing he is that now has been exposed from a young age to tablets and phones and Google, and it. We used to have to. There was no guidance for. Oh, it was. How, if you how wanted you, to know something, yeah. how do you become an IT guru? Well. Exactly. You, you go to university and maybe you'll hear someone talk about it. Right. Otherwise, but you end up working the fucking desk in a parts department. Exactly. And that's not exactly right. But that was the thing is that the fact that he can find this information is crazy. Because I remember thinking, right, you're trying to read. I, was, I, I did like a fucking report on Gatling guns or some shit. <laughs> and I literally had to go to the library and read fucking encyclopedias. And then yep. the school got a computer and they got in Carter. Like, fuck yeah. it, I can just type it in. There's pictures and shit. This is mm-hmm. game-changing. Now, yep. mother- motherfucker could buy one if he wanted. He'd be here than fucking well, three business days. No, he would just have to download the plans to build your own 3D, <laughs> 3D printer. 3D printer can't himself. And exactly. then fucking 3D print a Gatling gun. Fucking change days, man. But what the fucking time would be alive for these kids. But they, I, they don't... I, I didn't... The, the whole 3D printing thing, mm-hmm. um, the first time... I mean, I'd heard about it prior, but the first time I'd had hands-on experience was 2014. There was a guy I worked with had done just that. He downloaded mm-hmm. the schematics for a 3D printer, and he'd mm-hmm. got some of the parts ordered from Maplin and what various yeah. different things, and he built one. <coughs> and then he downloaded more plans and 3D printed himself the components for a better one. <laughs> and then he sold the original one. And made money on it, and then used that to buy upgraded parts that you couldn't print for his new one. And he set up a fucking, it's like a big CNC bed, but a 3D printer. And he was printing all sorts for fucking loads of people. Look at that price. That's that's essentially what what we were saying earlier about entrepreneurial shit, is finding the gap in the market. Oh, God, yeah. Well, the wee man was saying, he, he he wants big badges. So mm. why badges? He says, well, I can buy the machine for a hundred pounds, like a, like a press thing. Cool. Mm. I can buy the, the parts for this, the parts for this, and I can sell them a little fucking Johnny for his birthday, and I'll print out, you know, custom little Johnny. Johnny is fucking nine badges or some shit, and then I'll have mm. custom badges for all the kids there, and I can charge them fifty p a badge, and I make thirty p on it. I think that's that's fucking mad. That you're th- I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I like that you're thinking like that, kid. So it's it's trying to, like my parents, for example. Oh, that's just. I mean, it's sweet, but he, he you know, it's it's. He probably needs to have a have a backup plan. Thinking, well, backup plan's fine, but while he's interested and he's focused, if you want money for it, you can have it. But I want it yeah. paid back to me. This is part of the whole process, you know. Yeah. If you want to do this, I'll help you. So you know, I'll, I'll and see now the opportunity now, again. Mm-hmm. 
with technology is afforded to him, whereas before he would have to go and study economics and get a business degree. So you'd be 28 <laughs> before you found out how to do your own business. Unless you just fucking hammed it and went, just went, fuck it. I'm going to make no. these and sell this. Because, you know, obviously so. some people way back when, when cottage industries first started. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Sainsbury's or mm. um, oh, of course, okay. Tesco's, they all started as mm. little cottage industries. So they, they didn't have degrees or courses no. or whatever. Oh, oh. But now that, that's... that there is... Yeah, like your son, they can g- mm-hmm. get onto that track far earlier. Oh, absolutely! Well, I, I have no illusion. I mean, he's he's not going to make money making badges, but right. for a kid of his age and the margins he has in the little demographic and the clique and the niche, mm-hmm. fucking great business idea. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I saw with him today was um, he got a book from the library on coding. And he's decided that I've built his website for him and stuff, but he's decided he wants to learn how to make little apps and things. I'm thinking that's that's the way to go. Now, I'm not saying I mean there's value in people that make shit with their hands. Absolutely, I mean those, yeah. uh, you know, manual trades, uh, manual creative industries, absolutely essential. Um, but if that's what he wants to do, fine. I mean, look at the punter that fucking set up shit like OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, half the losses on that platform. I have a friend whose friend met one of these lasses and this is what she did for a living. Um, and she said that she set up an OnlyFans account because she wanted to be able to pay for Netflix for her kids. So that's what, 13 quid a month. Mm. As a result, she now makes a ball here under seven figures a month. Jesus. Fucking hell. From working in Subway, trying to make a little bit of extra scratch, so your kids can have fuck off, Alexa. Um, just for your kids to be able to say, "Well, buying a you know house outright." Yeah, you know, and it's a legitimate business she's got. So, it's so, it's just, you know, the same old principle. Mad. The same old historic principle of supply and demand. Absolutely, that will never change as long nope. as we are physical beings. We will need physical shit. Absolutely. As technology improves and we rely less and less on physical interactions, gaps in the market like OnlyFans or augmented or virtual reality stuff, Mm -hmm. that is going to get even more prevalent, I think. Massively so. I think it's it's nice to have an interest in... I mean, I have an entry-level interest in some of these things, you know? I mean, when I, I lost well, only fans. my job, oh yeah, I'm, I've got my, my pages <laughs> buzzing. I make at least four pound a month. Um, like just being able to have, like I, I lost, when I, I did some work in telecoms and engineering for a while mm-hmm. and we've got salesy work and I was laid off in the October, 2017. And my daughter was due in March, 2018. This was October, just before Christmas. No cunts hiring at Christmas. No cunt. Um, so I just started banging out a few websites. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I, I over that couple of months, made about six and a bit grand, banging out these websites, and it paid for Christmas, and it got me through that time. So I think for a long time, these sort of technological skill sets have either been seen as you either do it full time or it's a backup plan. Like yeah. People said, why, why don't you design websites full time? So I don't fucking want to. But, I don't uh, really fucking yeah. enjoy it. It's a bit boring and miserable. 
No, but, I was going to ask you to do my website. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's one of these things that I've, I've done it so many times. You sit and you go, that's ah, fucking blank. Same with any creative thing. Where the fuck do you start? Yeah. Once you get a bit of a roll going, that's when I start to pick up. So we've got a cup of tea. The tunes are on. I'm on a fucking roll. Here we go. And yeah. that's cool. But it's that initial, I couldn't do it full time. Couldn't do it full time, but, but the, again. Oh. the thing, the 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 problem with a backup plan is you've got a backup plan. You've already planted the seed that whatever your this endeavor is might fail. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got into the website thing because the missus went out in the piss one night. Oh, I'm talking twenty years ago. Like, how how the fuck are websites made? Just I'm bored. I'll mm. you know I don't fancy a wank. So yep. let, let's let's learn HTML. Well, there was, and just there was no OnlyFans back then. No, there fucking was not. No, it was dial-up as well. Oh, I Jesus. Porn on dial-up. Shit's fucking miserable. <laughs> 15 um, minutes to download a nipple. Exactly. A, <laughs> a picture of Jelly Harwell where her bops out from yeah. her fucking early 20s. But, yeah. you know, so that, that, that was kind of what I did back then. And it was never, ever going to be something that was going to make me money. It was just a sort of, I just want to learn something new. Mm. Um, so I did. And luckily... It's inadvertently fallen into being a bit of a backup plan and a wee bit of a side gig. Like yeah. I tend to do a lot for trade. So like my, my joiner guy that did this office, I did a website for him. My plumber guy, I did his business website. That motherfucker needs to come and service my boiler. So mm. you can chase him up. So I, I tend not to do it for money because once you, it gets a bit clinical when you start doing it for money um, and it feels like a job. I've, I've never wanted it to be a job. So it's just been a bit of a, just a, bit of a fuck about more than anything else. It's, Again, I um with my Twitch channel, I oh, yeah, yeah. Had saw some people streaming and I thought, well, oh, I'm on the Xbox quite a bit. I could do that. And then a, a couple of my pals are like, well, they stream a lot, but they're not full time. They have day jobs. Yeah. And then this this podcasting thing was, um, yeah, I was like, well, fucking millions of people do it. Yeah. And more and more people are enjoying the. The thing that's funny is I never used to enjoy like talk radio. No, but there is a select few. There's a handful of podcasts I listen to religiously because it's it's nice to have. I don't know why, but listening to people have a conversation is oh, yeah. interesting, even if the conversation itself isn't necessarily interesting. Like there's one I oh. listen to. That um, two bears, one cave. Oh and, yeah, yeah, with Burton. Yeah, what's his name? Tom. And they, Tom, that's one. They don't discuss anything specific or political. It's just well, they're having. Silly. Well, that's the thing. It's it's a discussion for discussion's sake. It's not like I mean, oh yes, they're aware that there's a a listenership there. But they're not necessarily gearing the conversation to that listenership. They're well, just that speaking is shit. what, yeah, that is what I was very conscious of when I yeah. thought, well, fucking, I might as well have a go. Absolutely, I think it's one of these things that I think just there's, there's a lot of, especially when you do when you step out to do something like this, is that people are automatically going to assume that um, you're, you're doing it for some some egotistical reason or some you want to make money or you want to become a name somehow, but actually sometimes it's just nice to occupy your time with something that's not sitting in front of a tele or a computer or yeah. just normal everyday stuff. I mean, there's one of the guys on the team, he um he tried Twitch. He's never really taken off on it, which is fine. He didn't really care. 
but he's got 14,000 people on YouTube. Um, and that was great for him for a while, but again, it, 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 you know, it scratched an itch. He enjoyed it, and he's kind of moved on from it now. So those, those 14,000 people were just sitting wondering where the fuck he's gone. So he's gone on his, his next endeavour doing reading audiobooks or some nonsense for companies or some shit, but he's happy doing it. He's got all the gear with the microphone yeah. and all that kind of shit. So yeah. he's doing his thing, but I think it's, it's good to have some kind of hobby. I mean, I think this podcast is great crap. It's good. I mean, how long have we been speaking now? Hour and a half, maybe a bit more? Just well, great. coming on for two hours. Ah, exactly. We're just sitting speaking absolute god shit. Well, but somebody listening to this it's might an engaging that... conversation. Well, for me oh, at well, least. And well, when you are genuinely engaged in a conversation, people listening yep. det- detect that. If it was mm-hmm. just fluff, if it was just padding for the sake of yes. making a noise with my face for two hours, people would get <laughs> ten minutes in and go, fuck this shit. And turn right, it off. Exactly. Or maybe not. Exactly. Maybe some people like it as white noise. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. But it's um it I'd, I like fucking what's what am I trying to say? Spit it out, Jesus. Um <laughs> I th- initially and I've mentioned this a few times, people yeah. be bored of this as well. But it was a way to sort of let people know how my recovery was going, primarily, and stories about, you know, things that have happened that I've told friends and they found quite funny and they were like, you should do a podcast, you should do a podcast. And I was like, well, fuck it, I'll look into it. And it's been Mm -hmm. difficult to get set up and, you know, what mic should I use and what you know how do i make the sound better and what apps are there how do i record how do i edit and it's it's been fucking tough but i'm getting to a point now where it doesn't take me too long to get set up Mm -hmm. and i can just invest in the conversation without worrying too much what the end product's going to sound like because i know now my setup's at a point where i think it's going to sound okay and that takes a pressure off and knowing mm-hmm. people, finding out interesting stuff about people that you might not necessarily know, that's been great as well. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm not saying that you have to specifically have something interesting about you to be worth talking to, but mm-hmm. it's it's good when you have a long-form conversation like this and you learn mm-hmm. stuff about people that you didn't know and that piques the interest because you that takes you down a different avenue of conversation. And I know oh, I, this isn't an original fucking discovery because there's been podcasts for 12, 15 years now. At least. But still, it's an alternative. It's something else that somebody can listen to going through their Spotify or their Apple podcasts or whatever yeah. and go, what the fuck is this? And stick it on and maybe give it a shot and maybe like it or not. Yeah, exactly. But there's a million other ones they can go to. Factual ones, exactly. comedy ones, sketch ones, and casual uh, three, four people talking shit. Yeah. Whether it's the same hosts every time or it's somebody with guests or somebody themselves. Yeah. And there's however billion, many billion people on the planet, there's somebody who'll listen to this and go, oh, I mean, some people like don't even like Joe Rogan. They're like, no, fuck him. And yeah. his leftist agenda or whatever. 
<laughs> but that's the beauty of having such a variety, such a choice, is you can listen to a football podcast or a true oh. crime or a science fiction appreciation or a fucking Bigfoot big trans-dimensional yeah, exactly. penis <laughs> podcast. You can do all that. Exactly. So the, it's not really a worry now about mm. what I'm, the, the, the content per se, Of course, you want there to be content worth listening yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And you want content to be interesting for the people speaking. Of course. But it's not as much of a concern to have to try and draw out an interesting chat no. Because sometimes chat in itself is interesting. Absolutely. Well, it's not like you're sitting there with a big list of bullet points of shit you want to go over. Maybe first time around you might have done about the ticker I, thing in the business and all that kind of jazz, possibly. But I did. I think the fact that even when we just fired this up, we, we're just we're just speaking codship. We're just having a yap, having a catch up, and it's. Yeah. I think that in itself there's value to it. I think a lot of people can. I mean, you're you're doing this for. Oh, sorry. Oh. Not to cut you off. No, go for it. But maybe that's, this is now filling the gap that's being created by people not being, not having social interaction. Remember we're saying there's a lost Mm -hmm. art of chat, of conversation. Maybe Mm -hmm. people are missing that and this is what's filling that gap. Quite possible. And if that's the, if this is the way to do it now, maybe it's just a natural evolution of the way these things just go. It's just, it is what it is. This is mm. just what people want these days. If that's what they want, then more power to them. Give the people what they want. Whatever the fucking floats your boat and all that. Mm. Tickles your pickle. Yeah, sorry. Shit, I, you, know? you carry on. I didn't mean to cut you off. I can't even fucking remember. I go off on mad fucking tangents half the time. You know that. But you saying about you how we just fired this up and just started chatting and going no, in the conversation. Well, that's the thing. I think because we're, we're both clearly the nuts enough to be able just to sit and have a conversation without mm-hmm. just sitting and humming and heying and you know lots of blank fucking air just nothing to listen to but yeah. i think um i think you get a lot of people these days who who start these things because they've got an ambition that it's a success and they want to make a career of it i think that's fine but i think there's a lot of value as well to just look at a hobbyist podcast there's no pressure you're not doing it for an income you're not doing it to, to grow a brand you're doing it just for just for you kind of thing, you know? And if it just so happens a couple of hundred people, a couple of thousand people, whatever, like it as well, then it's more the fucking better. But the, the, the primary motivation is to reinforce my hankering for a more traditional way of communicating with individual people rather yeah. than a blanket post. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I find that, Unless you have something you're trying to promote to the masses. Like, yeah. for instance, if I were to advertise this on social media, which I may mm-hmm. do one day, I, I fucking mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm not too bothered just now because I don't really want to put myself out there like that for fear of criticism. It's a very mm-hmm. self-esteem thing. But I'm, I'm the, the blanket message, the blanket status update whatever i find is a a lazy way to update people on your news yeah whereas putting aside some time to do something like this i and it being an engaging conversation and an interesting mm-hmm. series of topics this strengthens a communication relationship 
absolutely. Like, you know, maybe the first time when I reached out to you and said, you know, I'd like to talk about this, you might have been like, well, okay, I suppose, but I haven't spoke to the lad in 15, 20 years, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but following on from that, you know, the certainly the um what's the word because it's not a, it's not a relationship it's um the dialogue between us is strengthened mm-hmm. absolutely oh definitely and that that ultimately is beneficial to me because mm-hmm. i feel having better communication with people it in my life is mm-hmm. a, a reinforcement of I think so. My um my ego, the um support network, there's somebody else I can chat to, uh-huh. you know. Um and people that I have spoke to regularly over the years that I speak to them on this format as well. And and you know, we'll have com- better conversations that aren't recorded because oh, it's the, the 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 chats. It's more comfortable. It's not as uh, an alien feeling as social yeah. media was making it to be. Yeah, that that lack of close personal mm-hmm. uh, interaction was atrophying that muscle well, in our yeah. in our in our characteristics. I think so. I think I'm. I'm I'm quite lucky in that I think I'm I'm happy and confident enough to strike up a conversation with near enough anyone. I mean, I, for example, I don't I don't see many people from school. Um, see Gary there's a now and again, and we'll go to the pub on the odd occasion. Mm-hmm. And while I might not have seen him for six months, it, the conversation is no different than it was to when it was. 20 years ago, except we're not talking about going to Joe's and getting smashed and chasing yeah. lattes. Yeah. You know, uh, Midget, unfortunately, his old man passed away a few months ago. So we kind of caught back up again because he needed technical help with some elements to the funeral. Mm-hmm. So I gave him a hand and just, it was again, just besides the shitty situation, it was like we'd, we'd never lost any sort of real uh, contact with each other. Yeah. Um, I think that's. I've recognised that a lot with people that I used to go to school with. That if I do bump into them or do see them, it's like nothing's ever changed. It's yes, and it's there is a value in that. In in that, there are a, our ability to form and maintain relationships um, is well. It's important for our survival as a species, ultimately. Yeah, but I certainly have friends that I haven't seen, you know, that have moved away or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like you say, when you do chat to them, because that bond was there previously, yeah. it is still there. You just don't pay attention to it as much. So when you do have that meeting, it is like you've never, never fucking I think, been apart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think because we, because people have had that sort of shared experience growing up, it's the, the, the friendship doesn't need constant maintenance. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's just a thing, but, like I know, there's there's people certainly that I've met in the last ten years, where a relationship probably would have needed maintenance because you know there's a lot of shared experience. You don't necessarily go through. You work with somebody for a wee while, yeah, yeah, nice enough punter, but you're never gonna feel the need to go and speak to them again anytime yeah. soon, or you know. But I mean, there's you're certainly not gonna go around for a barbecue anytime soon. 
No, like fuck. But I mean, it tends to be the old school relationships. Um, at high school, primary school, high school. That's the ones that kind of stick with you. Um, it's so it's 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 kind of cool. But then again, with the same token, there's people that I went to high school with. That I don't give two fucks. Yeah, but I think that's an age thing more than an environment thing. Because certainly, oh, yeah. I was 16 when I joined the RAF, and mm-hmm. it's those people I have a stronger. Mm-hmm historic oh, God, bond yeah. with there's a couple of people mm-hmm. from school that i am pally with yeah but i would say the strongest bonds are from when i was sort of 17 18 in the military and going through <laughs> the same shit with these mm-hmm. guys and girls yeah and that's a really a, a, a bonding experience is going through that kind of shit and I, I, that age yeah. in school it's very, you know, you're all in those classes. You're all going through puberty. Mm-hmm. You're all having shared yeah. experiences. I think that's the catalyst for the bonding, other than yeah. what, what the establishment is that you're bonding yeah. in. Yeah. But I think when you throw the military aspect into it, I think that's the, the bonding element there is even more important because, it, well, it, it always has been, depending mm-hmm. on the discipline that you're in, there's, it's a huge sort of, um, Brotherhood sounds a bit cheesy, but there's certainly a big, big part of the ability to trust somebody and the ability to bond with somebody and the ability to sort of... Um, and that, that comes um, from having the understanding of you know what they've been through because you've been through it. Yeah, exactly. And that's, so a, that's a part of growing up. Absolutely. Again, so be this is this... Is this um, to use a posh word, the juxtaposition of mm-hmm. where technology and the ability to effectively remotely communicate mm-hmm. ultimately may do more damage to us as an animal, as, as a species, than good. Although it aids and makes mm-hmm. it easier, it might be detrimental in the long run. But only time will tell. Only your grandkids' I, grandkids will yeah. be able to ultimately reflect on that. I think for my generation, it doesn't it change relationships to a degree, but not a huge amount. For example, I know people that I've met through gaming, mm-hmm. and we all, we, we've all got these pals that we game with. Mm-hmm. Never met the cunt in my life, but mm-hmm. you know, you build an affinity with people, you get to know them, and I still feel a, a fairly strong connection to a lot of these people. The same, slightly less of a connection to people that I know actually that I can go up and fucking high five and have a pint with. Yeah. But, but that's because that's because I've been able to build strong bonds and relationships um, on a on a physical personal level with, yeah. with people growing up. Whereas kids these days may not they'll have it at school, but they're not necessarily running out and building highs and and doing other. Dangerous, stupid shit, and shared experiences of that necessarily. I mean, there will but be also, some kids too. But also, they'll make the friendships in school, and the conversation mm-hmm. will be changed from "Do you want to go and build a hutty?" to "Do you play COD? Aye. Are you exactly. on Fortnite or Apex or whatever?" And then yeah. you can be like, "Cool, let's go play. We'll play after school." And because yeah. internet's so great now, because mm-hmm. I remember like when the Mega Drive or Master System first came out. Oh, I. Um, there was, you know, if you wanted to play computer games, 
you'd actually have to go to the their house, <laughs> or they'd come to yours, and you'd two player on fucking yep. Mortal Kombat or whatever the shit. But now you can do that. You're in uh-huh. your house, they're in their house. I I don't think the relationships will necessarily be any less robust or strong than the ones that I've got. I just think they'll be different. Yeah. I think you can still have like a strong, you know, bond relationship with someone having never met them, but that will not, I, think, I suspect will become more the norm. Um, but that's fine. Not, I, I mean, I, I think the world I grew up in is very different to the world yeah. my kids are growing up in. And I can't expect my kids to have the same shared experiences that I have, just as no. my parents really couldn't have expected me to have the same experiences they did. So, you know, ultimately, everyone is going to go through, through the same thing of navigating as they get older, yep. uh, changing to how environments change and how mm-hmm. influences change. And all we can do is fucking muddle through as best we can and hope that we all survive. Absolutely. I think it's that. It's that you get a lot of people who are resistant to change, and those are the ones who are going to say that it was always better back when they were younger or back in my day, things were easier. And I just think just roll with the changes. You embrace them, whether it's technology or whatever. Just, just go with it because you'll be much we, happier we, for it. We, we'll get there soon as well, though, Steve. In fucking 20 oh, years' fuck time... We'll be uh, grumpy old men. I'm fucking with, there now, to be honest with you. With our um, maglev Zimmer frame fucking <laughs> floating down to the bingo. Floating you know down what? to I, the... Um, I, I can't the wait to look like... At the Xbox hall. <laughs> exactly. I just... vintage X, retro vintage Xboxes. Exactly. And everyone's sitting in the nursing home with their fucking headsets on, calling everyone yep. a fucking filthy new yep. fucking just... Yeah. Oh, I can't fucking wait to be a dirty old man. You, you dirty old pensioner bastard. You filthy pensioner. I can't fucking wait, man. Is that, Glory is days. It, with the, the neural link that, like, your kids or your grandkids, <laughs> they'll be able to just complete a game by thinking about it. They'll just go, Aye. you know, like in the Matrix when they download knowledge. That's the boy. Just go, um, yeah, I fancy fucking completing... Tekken 50, just <laughs> story mode on Tekken 50, just right, click, completed done. it, mate, done. Instant gratification, finished, we're all good. Uh, as, as well as some people do like the challenge, there are some people that will go for the invincibility hack. Oh, it's a lot of the time we watch videos. I mean, I've, I've played Warzone a handful of times, I'm not really that into it, and I think it's by and large to do with the amount of people who do cheat and hack on some of these games, I think. Well, I don't gamer? see any fun in it. Oh, fuck. Well, when I got a promotion, the first thing I did was spend my new budgetary responsibilities on a gaming laptop <laughs> for nice. work. So I do have a pretty gangster laptop that this, this, all this is running through just now. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm an Xbox. I've always been kind of console. I never had the ambition or in my early 20s, the funds to keep up with PC gaming because it changed yeah. so fucking rapidly. So I, I, I just stuck to consoles. And I'm, I'm I'm happy with that. It makes me a filthy casual. I have no problem admitting the fact that I'll get an hour a night if I'm lucky when the missus takes that we want the bed. Mm. I'll bang my feet up with a cup of tea, stick on a game, and away I go. I tend to like single player over multiplayer. But that's just because I'm shit at shooters and stuff. I've got no... I used to be good. I used to have great times back with, like, Rainbow Six Vegas and all this kind of shit. Fantastic times. Yeah, I've but just found now that 
We're getting just, old. Our motor skills are deteriorating, Steve. That they were at fucking that, and it's easier just for me to say these. Fucking I mean, kids. forty. If we're lucky, we're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I remember for me, it started. It was when Modern Warfare Two came out, and I bought it on the day of release, and I went home and I, I smashed a single player in a couple of days. And I think it was at the end of the first night. I thought I'll bang multiplayer on, and somebody had like fucking gone up like two prestige levels and I'm like yeah. fucking what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Of course that makes that, the game very difficult. That, you've got these, that's what they're doing. Like, the thing now is, is people who do this as a career, these sort of professional Twitch streamer guys, and it's cool I quite like watching some of them. Not that I'd go out my way and watch it, but if I see like a like a two minute long clip on social media I'll watch it and think that's fucking cool. Mm. But for somebody like a filthy casual like me, I have got no inclination to go into a lobby full of absolute fucking monsters well, who take it serious as fuck. Yeah, and not to say they don't have a life, because they do, it's just different. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. You, you, that's it, you have a different life. You have uh, alter- it? just... al- alternative commitments. I think so. It's an, and I get it, if that's what they're interested in, fucking go for it. Balls out, let's fucking well, do it. Well, look at these lads playing in arenas. Oh, that's nuts. That's awesome. I forget. I think twenty years ago, if you'd said that to somebody, they'd tell you "fuck off." I fucking can't be a professional right. gamer. You can make stacks of money gaming, doing speedruns as fucking Super Mario. I remember it was one of these things. I did this thing with them, um, the Scottish government stuff, with kids and careers and businesses, and them all speaking to each other. I remember speaking to a teacher, and she was like, "It's quite challenging now. One of the one of the girls or one of the boys in the class wants to be a YouTuber, and it's so difficult trying to tell them that it's not a valid career." And I had to explain to this woman that it's a completely valid career. But while she's looking at it in terms of geography, history, maths, sciences, you have to think of it in terms of media yeah. production, uh, the, the skills, the technological skills to do it, the skills with setting up the, 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 the what content are you doing, the, the, yeah. the whole media package side of it, and trying to explain that it's a valid career. It's not just a pie in the sky thing for a lot of kids. Ten years ago, absolutely. Now, if a kid said to me, I want to be a, a streamer, fucking okay, well, let's let's do this. Let's look into cameras, mics, green screens, yeah. get some decent hardware. And it was, go for it. it's becoming less and less air quotes alternative media some of the things on youtube that people will watch Mm -hmm. just to have a fucking visual audio input Mm -hmm. some of it some of it's unbelievable like i i found myself strangely drawn to reaction videos (laughs) i mentioned this i mentioned this in the episode last week actually that um I find myself watching reaction videos to people listening to music that they wouldn't normally listen to. Yes. Because you see how much they love it. And it also affirms your love of that same band or song or whatever it is. You go, fucking yes, I knew it was good because they've also said so. Yeah. I'd, I'd love all, I mean, one of the biggest mistakes I ever fucking made was putting bastard talk on my phone boys kept sending me these stupid funny videos and I'm like this is right I'll, I'll put it on my phone and it's 99% dog shit complete attention hoarding but there's right. that 1% of absolute fucking gold whether it's comedy gold or like reaction like music stuff and you just think actually this is alright but 
like a 10 minute shit now takes 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you think, fucking, where's my battery gone? It went from 90 to fucking 20 in a heartbeat. But again, yeah. it's, it's, it's how we consume media these days. It's all instant. It's all now. I think if, if we, if, if you look at things like the, the the license TV license and all that kind of shit for the BBC, they they they're not they don't evo- they don't seem to evolve with their funding model. This is their funding, government funding. Well, they're the talking about license. getting rid of it. They, I think they probably should. Just um, I'm not adverts. I'm not one of these I'm not one of these staunchly anti BBC people or TV license. I'd rather not pay for it because I don't tend to consume it. Well, that's the thing. BBC you you content. pay nine ninety nine or whatever for Disney. Twelve ninety nine yep. for Netflix, fucking Discovery Plus, um, exactly. Sky, mm-hmm. and when oh, like shoot. you look at what's available on Sky, a lot of filler, but there is some good shit. BBC is available on Sky. You're like, why am I paying yep. for a TV license and fucking yep. Sky? Yep. If Sky turned around and said we'll be a ten a month, I'd probably pay it. I think. Mm. Which is probably shy of what we're paying now for TV. So I'm probably because some of the drama stuff's quite good. I quite like it. Um, but it's the same with anything. If it seems to be the only institution that hasn't had to evolve any form of revenue generation, yeah. whereas everybody else seems to have done. Even newspapers, you know, with the whole uh, paywalls and shit. If you want to read the start, you need to pay a quid or whatever. Yeah, but um, but yeah, fuck I think me, that's, that- that's absolutely fucking dreadful. That. Oh, it does my fucking nuts. If you read the story, you've got to pay really a quid. Oh, I'll just go to a different website and read it for free. Oh, exactly. I'll Google it elsewhere and get the exact same fucking text. Yeah, I, d- I don't need your handwriting. Fucking arse. No, I but just think it's nuts. That... So I was going to say quickly, yeah. um, you're saying that teacher not saying it being a YouTuber is a viable. Yeah. They yeah. Don't, but they don't know because they weren't brought up in it. Well, there's, if you think... There's YouTuber millionaires. Yeah. From ad oh. revenue. Yeah. Because the well, more the eyeballs you get on your content, the more money you make. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's a happy accident originally. Oh, but God, then yeah. when people were like, hold on, you can make money about this. And they're like, well, there's, fucking money. Oh, yeah, you can make money. There's huge companies based around their content. Like all this prime example well, there's, is... There's um, podcast uh, production. There's podcast networks now. Oh, it's crazy. Fucking Absolutely unreal. Nuts. I think, um, oh, I don't know, I think that it, it's just mad. I think it's for a lot of these, the education sector is quite, I mean, I, I was involved with it and I've got kids in it. And it's not like I was doing like, um, you know, bod mass equations and all this kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Brackets doing of that, divide, yeah. and multiply, add, subtract. No, I, I, I get it. Why is a 10-year-old doing it for homework? Now, I'm saying it's good to have a grounding in it, but uh, there's pages and pages. I'm thinking, are they lining them up to be little engineers? or what? What's going Probably. On here? There's still this <laughs> emphasis on getting the scientists and engineers and researchers and designers and architects of the future, which is important. Again, Absolutely. as long as we are physical beings, we are going to need physical shit. Yep. And but it the seems ingenuity... Like yeah. those engineers, designers, etc. That's what's created all this technology that we're enjoying. Yeah, exactly. Now. Exactly. So they did something right 20, 30 years ago. But the education as I see it now, like I'll I'll go to these parent meetings and things, and nothing much has really changed mm. in terms of delivery of the teaching or 
or even the actual content itself. But then again, for primary school, it's not as key, I suppose. It's the basics, reading, writing, mathematics. Finger painting and don't pick your bum. All that kind of stupid shit, exactly. Right. Don't do stupid stuff. So it'll be interesting to see in high school um, how that changes. How I, I mean, I, I see friends who've, who've got kids in high school and I think, I mean, some of these guys, I mean, they're not really... I said horrible high achieving families, but the kids achieve huge amounts of success in high school. You think, I think you see it every year when the exam results come out. You people say, ah, oh, but exams are a piece of piss these days. And it's maybe not that exams are a piece of piss, maybe just that the learning in the high school is better. Maybe it's more yep. interesting. Maybe kids are just generally more engaged with what they're trying to learn now. Assisted with technology what, again. Well, exactly. That's the thing. I mean, when I'm I was I did all right in high school. It was very middle of the road. Didn't really excel in anything hugely, um, but I do doubt how useful home economics was in fifth year. Um, whereas maybe learning some kind of financial grounding and mortgages and bank accounts and all that shit, taxation might have been more helpful. Um, it might have been from a vocational standpoint. Might have been more helpful, but also. If you have a passion for something, be it art and design or home yeah. economics or whatever, then you should be allowed the opportunity to pursue that. Well, that's the thing. I saw a kid who was doing higher photography. And I wow. think that's that's fucking mad. Higher photography. I mean, all fucking great that that's kid. an option. If you if you're gonna if if you want to take photos, if you want to be a photographer, fucking banging. Um so I'm I'm it's it's gonna be interesting to see the, the range of stuff that my kids get to do at high school. So uh, change days we're all getting old well ultimately this is what it boils down to isn't it we are the fucking 21st century equivalent of old men sitting in a pub with <laughs> flat caps and fucking smoking fags banging on about the kids and Back their and rock music exactly I think we're, we're very lucky because our generation has seen I would argue unparalleled technological advances. In the last, more than any, more oh, than any other, absolutely seven hundred years. It's just from the late seventies to now has been just insane, absolutely incredible. Um, well, look at the look, uh, like not even. Oh well, yeah, maybe fifty, sixty years ago. Well, mid fifties or late fifties when color t- TV became color. Yeah. And yeah. now you can have holograms performing on stage next to you. It's only a matter of time before they're in your living room, it, sucking it, it, your dick and it, all kinds of shit. Yeah, fucking haptic feedback. So it won't be long Sign before me the fuck up. It won't be long before <laughs> you can do high school in a VR pod in your loft. Exactly. You won't even I'm need to go it. in. <laughs> now, well, that's it. the workplace is like that now. So yep. it's only a matter of time, isn't it? Yep. So I think the, the the more traditional stuff is just going to slowly fade away, and I think it's a good thing. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the world evolves over the next fucking 20 years. I hope I'm still around for it. Fucking no my luck. But you never know. Well, this is I'll, it. I'll Exciting times. Exciting times. Uh, I'll enjoy it while I'm here. That's for damn sure. There endeth the lesson. Right. I'm going to cut exactly. this off now, Stevie. I was going to say, because my, my, my taxi driver headset's probably going to die in a minute anyway. Yeah. And the wife's text me going, you coming in for dinner? I'm fucking busy, love. Mince and ties. Shit. I dread the fucking thing. I love her a bit, but she can't cook for shit. <laughs> fucking really can't. Honestly, I've been I've been with her for twenty years, and she makes a mean salad out of a bag. There you fucking nice. go, hen. 
get maybe, into that. Maybe not recommend the end of this episode to her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if she lasted 15 minutes at the start, she'd go, ah, fucking can't be bothered with this. Turn it mm. the fuck off and go and watch some other mundane piss she wants to watch on telly. So I could say pretty much anything. She's never going to fucking hear it. She's never going to make famous it. Famous last words. Yeah, no, famous last words. Next uh, time, next time I catch up with you, you'll be in your new bachelor <laughs> pad, being a recent divorcee. Uh, exactly, with my fucking <laughs> my posters of Bigfoot's fucking interdimensional dick and my fucking my blowjob pod in the corner. It'll be lovely. Can't wait. Well, that's going to be the name for the episode. I think is Bigfoot's interdimensional dick. I think if nothing else, it's certainly going to be intriguing for people. Let's have a listen to that motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> nice one. All right, all right, man. Well, Dave, Good catching up with you again, pal. Absolutely. We'll do it again soon. And for oh, anyone that wants to see Stevie's progress or use his services, he's pretty much everywhere as stevieb.net. Yeah. Pretty much. Easy fucking peasy, yeah? Excellent. All right, Steve. All right, take it man. easy. You take it easy, sir. Take it easy. Ciao. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.